Hello and welcome to the only podcast voted to the Pro Bowl. Everybody else is an alternate and we get the $100,000 roster bonus. Whoa. Hey, Sims. Hey there. Slugger. Hey, Josh. Hey, Adam. Good to have you back, Josh. Thanks, man. Great How to be here. How you feeling? Much better. I'd like to apologize to you. Thank you. And I'd like to apologize to all of the listeners who I got sick. I know that sometimes our podcast comes in loud and clear. And illness can be transmitted through iTunes. Yeah, I think I was the only one that actually got it, though. There was another guy on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guy on Twitter. Pro Bowl! Whoa! I am always simultaneously laughing at people getting upset, but Mm -hmm. then also understanding why we get upset with snubs. Right, I believe the 30,000-foot evaluation that you had was, yet again, defensive lines, different schemes, continues to screw people over. The 4-3, the 3-4... We had this argument every year around the draft. That's right. You go, there is not a position that's actually called edge. Right. But we get situations where Chris Jones, who you believe, other than Aaron Donald, is the best pass-rushing defensive tackle, is being classified as a defensive end. Right. And it's impossible for him to make the Pro Bowl when he's undoubtedly one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's an issue. First of all, a lot of these guys have things in their contracts that say if they go to the Pro Bowl, sure. right? Sounds like the Chiefs sent him in as a defensive end, which also makes me think that they do that deliberately, knowing wow. he wouldn't, so he doesn't hit any incentives. Because if he went as a defensive tackle, he's getting in. Without, without question. Because he's got, like, what, 10, 11 sacks? He's got, yes, 12, 12 no one and a half? In, no one in the AFC at defensive tackle has numbers like that. Nobody's even close to that as far as sacks But as a defensive concerned. end... Yeah. Now you're up against the D4. There's a lot of people. J.J. Watts. Exactly right. Uh, Miles Garrett, Melvin Ingram, right. But as you always say, in a three for the defensive end, you're a defensive tackle. It's a defensive tackle. It's like, you know, Richard Seymour effect. Like, Richard Seymour, his Pro Bowl nominations are probably low, too, because he was listed as a defense end. And a three four defense for everybody out there. The tackle, there's the nose tackle that's right over the center. But then the other two tackles, right? Even though they're listed as DNs in a 3-4, they're still tackles, like, uh, and they're going to play head up on the offensive tackle. They're going to play head up, and they're asked to do tackle duties. Right. Hey, hold the offensive tackle up, extend your arms, and hold them in place because we're going to ask you to disengage whatever way the ball carrier goes. We expect you to throw him away right. and then go do that. The other people 14 that... sacks for Chris Jones. Okay. Holy crap. Yeah. And he's got a pick. And also. Every time they're in a big game, he plays out of his mind. Right. Chargers game, all over Phillip Rivers. Rams game, arguably one of the best defensive players on the field. Yep. Whether it was Donald or or anybody out there, every single game he comes up big. Yeah. Uh, the other people uh, we were talking about before, Andrew Luck should have got in over Tom Brady. Right. Uh, Deshaun Watson could have got in over Tom Brady. Yeah, right. Darius Leonard should have been in there. <laughs> Darius Leonard should, without doubt, be in. I mean, over, over Bernard Drick McKinney. Yes, right. And we and he had a reason to be upset. I saw a lot of people saying Leighton Vanderesh should have been in, but I don't know if he goes in over Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley. No, or Anthony Barr. No, he does not. No, like the, yeah. that. That's one that people love to say he should have been in. Right. And I just don't see that. No, one. not at all. He, and he's then, good. It's been a great start to his rookie year. All those things. He's not on their level. Yet. And the other people that had an issue was Christian McCaffrey or. Camara. Right. And I would argue, are you taking out Saquon, Zeke, or Gurley? Yeah. Because I don't think that those two are better than anybody. And I'd say that Christian, I would put Christian McCaffrey fourth and then Kamara fifth. I think I would agree with you there. And you know, I'm sorry, I'm just checking one thing because it just dawned on me too that like Akeem Hicks is in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the Pro Bowl. And he plays in a 3 4 scheme. 
And he's uh, see on their on their roster, he's listed as a DT. So that's how they got away with it. Mm. Even though he sometimes plays with that same. And he type absolutely of deserved to be in. Yeah, he did. I mean, without a doubt. I, yeah, the I, only reason I care is because of the roster bonus. Right. I saw like Snacks Harrison say something about like, "What about me?" He tweeted, and yeah. and not about not with that group. I'm just sorry. And the in the NFC with Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald and Akeem Hicks. I mean, Snacks, you're awesome. You're one of the best run sure. game stuffers there are, but that three right there is special. This, You know what this really is? Yeah. You know when we have like the wide receiver debates and people get upset about who's fourth and who's fifth? Right. This is the time when it really matters. Yeah, yeah, right. About who's fourth and who's fifth. Sure, it certainly does. I mean, um, what was the other one? There was but a... really, screw the Pro Bowl. I don't really care. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is, I mean, half these guys will cancel out of this game. Nobody's going to ever give a damn about the Pro Bowl anymore. I hope that the public realizes that. You know, you know, like, the league's changed where the money is great. I would never have Pro Bowl stars stuff in my, sa- in my contract. You wouldn't have it in there? No, I can't control it. I want statistic-based markers. But if, if I no get loss 10 sacks... Not, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but if they're, they're like, oh, you know what? We wanted to give you that $500,000, but we'll give it to you if you make the All-Pro. I don't want to rely on media people to get me money. Yeah, but either way, it's there's no so negative subjective. in not having it in there. I mean, if it's a good, if it's you know, added money, right? Exactly, yeah. right. What right. were you saying about the money? But the those the, the Pro Bowl lost its luster for one reason because of money, right? I mean, you know, it's hard. Let's just say, um, like for Stefan Gilmore, for instance. Let's just say that. Okay, I'm just taking any famous name on the list. Stefan Gilmore. It's hard for him to go out there in the Pro Bowl and put it all on the line for. What, $50,000? He's making a million dollars a game right now. So he's not going to ruin his next career year and that money coming in for, oh, if we win the Pro Bowl, I get 60000 yeah. And if we lose, I get 35000 In my dad's era... That was a lot of money. It mattered. Like my, it matters to like guys like James Conner, sure, or Darius Leonard. Exactly right. The guys that are making hundreds of yeah. thousands in the year that makes a difference in their life. But the majority of the star players, you know, you know, whoever it is, uh, JJ Watt, this is making no difference Nothing. in his life at all. He's probably going to donate it or throw but it. You on know what? The cash you on know the when floor. It's, you know what's going to matter? Yeah, ten years from now. When they're up for the Hall of Fame and they go, he was only a six-time Pro Bowler. I say it every year. Yeah. It's a meaningless stat in a meaningless game that gets importance when we when it matters most. Yeah, that's like right. We talked to Champ Bailey. Right. Champ, how many all pros, Champ? How many Pro Bowls? Yeah. Come on, put it in the context. All pros, definitely a little more prestigious it than is, Pro Bowl. It is so that's much more sure. prestigious. Um, the other thing I was going to say, I mean, last Pro Bowl thing. Do you think you agree with... Like, I don't know if James Conner deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. I think that's very James Conner, iffy in my book. James Conner in the Pro Bowl, I could have predicted when he was the number one jersey sale before even playing a game. It's the same reason both Pounceys are in the Pro Bowl, because nobody knows the names of other centers. And those guys were in the first round, and we remember them every year. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a, you know, I, Who I guess, would have gone over James Conner? Well, I look at like guys like, first of all, I, I could look at Lamar Miller, and I would probably say his year is more impressive. I, w- I would have taken James Conner. Really? Yeah. Man, I mean, I just I found his year very underwhelming. I know he went through a stretch there where we all wanted to say he was the greatest running back in the history of the sport. Yeah, you're underestimating the fa- um, fantasy impact. I, don't, I mean, yeah, that, I I mean that's but that's ridiculous. That's wrong. Joe Mixon's better than James Conner. Sorry, yeah, but we're not talking about better. Joe uh, Mixon's really only played better a, these last few games. He's got a better year right now. I'm looking at it. He's having a better year. He's got he more yards. More he's averaging yard more yards per carry. Being healthy is part of the deal. Again, I, you know, again, I just I, it bothers me that just because he's on Pittsburgh, 
you know, oh, you just get in. Okay, it bothers me too. Keenan Allen doesn't deserve to be in over Juju Smith-Schuster. I agree with that. Keenan Allen's really good. He's just a catch guy, though. He ain't in the same level as a Juju Smith-Schuster as what he does on a weekly basis for a team and gets things done when they're not served up to him to go, awesome play design, and we have six other receivers that are yeah. wide open, and you're in the open in the middle of the field. All right, so one other thing that we like to argue about happened yeah. on Monday night, which is the Carolina Panthers-New Orleans Saints game. We're picking the games after this, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing the full slate of <laughs> games, and we're going to pick, and then dispersed within the games, we're going to be doing some of Sims's film notebook in perfect cursive. Uh, an incredible gambling moment. Saints are up three, driving down. The line is six. Your boy Lefko bet on the Panthers. Your enemy Sims bet on the Saints. And there goes well, who who fumbled? Uh, it was Lewis. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis. You're right. Absolutely. I yeah, apologize. He says it like with such vigor and well, anger too. He's like, no, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Because no one has ever referred to Tommy Lee Lewis not as Tommy Lee. Yeah. You're the only one that put the... Don't get me going less. on Tommy Lee. Let's change the subject. You're right. Okay. That's a, that's a whole tab. And you'll you'll erase half the podcast. Let's go. Um, and he dove, and the ball went out of the end zone. Right. And as that happened, one, I covered, which was incredible. But also, all of the staunch media heads said that it was awful. What a bad call. The, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And you've always said, it's hallowed ground the end zone. And when the ball goes in there, it enters North Korea. Exactly right. It's North Korea. I call it the beast from Sandlot. Sure. That same, as soon, as, soon as the ball goes over, it's not yours anymore. Right. You need to go over and ask for it back. Exactly. And they don't have to give it to you. Wait, the, 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 the penalty totally fits the crime, first of all. You've lost the ball. And their ter- their objective is to stop you to get into that territory. If your team walks into that territory with the ball in their hand, you get six points. But if you lose that ball into their territory, yeah, it's out of your jurisdiction. It's no longer yours. That's their it's territory. It's not in South Korea. It's in, it's North, in North Korea. Korea. You got to ask for it back. You got to ask. You got to ask Kim Jong Un back and go, sir, may I have it back? And, and he's going to say, go, no. The ball goes not. to the twenty yard line. Sorry. People always go, but if it fumbled at the six inch line, it wouldn't be that penalty. And I go, well, you don't get points if you go out on the six inch line. I, you get points if you go in so the end zone. So what do people want? Like, what are they saying on Twitter? They want the ball back to the I've guy heard, that fumbled I've on the one yard line. I've heard your best friend Big Cat say the ball should go on the 30 and it's now first and goal from the 30. Right. I've heard other people say, my friend Danny Parkins, a radio show host in Chicago, it should be first and go- first and 10 from the 20, which I think is crazy. So then if I'm wasting clock, I'm just going to purposely fumble it out you're the end gonna zone. Give a team, yeah, you're not getting rewarded. You're going to give a team downs because they lost the ball in the hollowed ground that 11 men are trying to stop you from getting. You lost it in their area and you're going to go, hey, sorry, that's that's that stinks for you guys. Here's the ball back, and hey, while we're at it, here's four more downs for you. That's, yeah, absolutely. Not. I mean, that's insane. Like everybody, get out of fantasy world. Like, what if it was? What if it was fourth and goal at the twenty? I don't like any of it. It's Neither not do their I. Ball. I like the way it is. It's not their ball. That's I agree. their area. The defense is defending it, and you lost it in their area. Sorry. It's just I don't know. The thing that doesn't make sense is what about football is fair? Like right. what about football is. Honestly, you deserve another chance. There's I, nothing. Yeah. Like the only thing that was like that was when teams would fail an onside kick and right. then get another chance. And we fix that. You don't get another chance at that anymore. That's right. Oh, you went offside? Sorry. That's it. The other team's ball. Same thing with this. I, I know. As Gene Sterator says, if you kick it out of the end zone, it's the other team's ball at the 20. Right. If you punt it out of the end zone, it's the other team's ball at the 20. 
25. Yeah. But same thing with the fumble. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And I know I hear the ifs too and all the ifs, the ifs. Oh, if he, fumble, if he fumbled at the six-inch yard line, it shouldn't be penalized like that. But if he fumbles in the end zone, it's a touchdown. If, 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 I'll go back to what my old high school coach in New Jersey said. You don't have to. You we already to. know what yeah, you're going to say. Okay, fine. You guys ready Keep to pick going. some games? Yep. Let's do it. All, all right. right. I'm Sims's aunt. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Looking back to week 15. Is this why you're annoyed? You guys are annoying. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Week 15. Chris, yes. you went 7, 8, and 1. You lost 1,450 bleacher bucks. Woo, woo, woo. Wow. Mostly thanks to the Los Angeles Rams, who Thank lost you. you 1,200, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost you 200. Woo. You are now sitting at negative 2,350 bleacher bucks on the season. Whoa. Damn, it's hard to get in the positives now. Lefko, much less interesting. You went nine six and one. You made a hundred bleacher bucks, and you're at positive three sixty on the season. Ooh, so okay. what's that gap? Do the math, Brainy. Uh, two three fifty minus three sixty. I don't do math in my head. No, it's That's like plus three sixty. I know. I'm saying if oh. I'm negative two three fifty minus the three sixty, seven hundred and ten. Yes. So I'm pretty much screwed. Well. Until we get to the bets this week. Oh, we'll it, see. It could happen. Yeah, Josh is see. really excited about the bets this week. Uh, and then for the records, I know you guys don't care, but you're both 109, 109, and 5. Wow, that's You're hilarious. tied with your records. Uh, okay, first game of the week. So we're perfectly 500 right what now. Was yes. gar- what was guaranteed to lose? Guaranteed to lose. Chris, you four went 4-1. One? and one. Eagles. The Eagles got me, right? You picked the Eagles GTL. Right. Left go 1-3 and three in the locks, bringing Jeez. you to... Uh, 25, you. 32, Jeez, you and 2 on the season. <laughs> you suck. Wow. You suck. Damn, you're five games, six, seven games under? You, I need, Damn, you suck. I need like Woo. two perfect weeks. Man, yeah. you suck. Go ahead. Hey, it could happen. Yep. Stop doing that. Yeah, no, no. It's negative Nancy now. You got him. He's here. <laughs> Sorry. Is that your aunt's name? Yep. Negative Nancy's here. No, his aunt's name is Wendy. I love Wendy. She asked about Holly Hodge. Is Wendy going to be at our wild card weekend? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be there yet, so I don't know that. Well, we don't care about you. We just yeah. want to know if Wendy's right. going to be there. Well, you're not allowed in my house without me there. Sorry. All right. First game of the weekend, I might Saturday. Have to work. That's, you know, it's, Did that just happen? I don't know yet, but I might have to. I, don't, I know that. I've can we watch told. with Phil? Can we hang out with Phil? I mean, go ahead. Sure. Have fun. He might be working too. You guys can drink some protein shakes and do some push-ups together. Is he still drinking protein shakes? Oh, he's constantly <laughs> he's doing egg whites at like six and nine. But he's not even working out anymore. He's he's always working out. Tell me, if I find out that your dad is just doing like an excessive amount of lunges on a regular basis, I'm going to Oh, listen. he's still working out. I mean, there's no... Just because he's got neck problems and shoulder problems, he can't live without that. That's not possible. He will reorchestrate his whole week to make sure he gets workouts in. I love it. He would like that. Will no matter what. What I got to be at CBS now. Okay, CBS, move back a few hours. I have a workout to do. Then I'll be there. CBS. Good for him. Yeah. Way to maintain the body. Right. All right. Four thirty Saturday afternoon. Washington visiting Tennessee. Love Saturday games. Spread in this game is Tennessee minus ten. Chris. Okay. Um, I do think that the Redskins defense can. Still be annoying for a, t- uh, for a Titans offense um, that, you know, as we've said throughout the year, can be somewhat predictable in the past game, right? Uh, I also think that they can hang in there in the run game, too. I will be shocked if Derrick Henry runs for 180 yards. He might get to 100 somewhere along there. Uh, but really, you know, at times when you've seen the Redskins defense fall apart as of late, I mean, it's not really their defense falling apart. It's their offense just putting them in continuously bad spots. Yes. And they finally the damn breaks. But I mean, come on, let's be serious. The game's at Tennessee. I'm not going to expect Josh Johnson to win this football game. The Titans are still playing for something. Yeah. 
Um, I just have a hard time thinking that that Redskin offense is going to be able to consistently move the ball on the Titans throughout the day. And uh, I do think the Titans will be able to muster up enough offense, whether it be just the balanced attack of some good passing and some good running from here or there. And I think that the Titans win an ugly one, like 20-6, to six, oh. something like that. I'm betting $10 on the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> You puny little redskin, you cannot come into Titan area. This is forbidden. I I totally forgot that the Titans voice was a thing. So Titans just lost Logan Ryan. How big of a deal is that? Uh it hurts for sure. I mean it hurts not Doesn't necessarily hurt this week. This right. No. It's about future opponents. It's about the next week after that against yes. the Colts, or if they get to the playoffs and having to deal with some of those teams. So first thing is Washington, I think, just had one of their super gutsy wins last week. Yeah, right. And I see at the end of the game Josh Johnson yelling at the ground in excitement. Yeah. And I go, there's a lot of release of emotions. Washington thrilled they get this win. Let's not forget Their entire offense against Jacksonville had 245 yards. And they still let up 172 rushing yards. Now, Fournette was not the guy, but they also got it from Cody Kessler. They also got it from TJ Eldon. 172 is a lot. And Jacksonville is 3-5 and at home. Now they're going to Tennessee. Tennessee is not 3-5 and at home. They're 5-1. and And their running back has discovered a new edge. I literally just interviewed Dennis Kelly, and he said, oh, dude, the switch has gone off. Derrick Henry had 170 against the Giants, 238 against Jacksonville. That's over 400 yards in two games. The question I would have for you is the Washington run defense. Yeah. You know, it's not the way it was before. No, it's not. They lack a little depth. Uh, at yes. times, so they can get worn out there. And then, like we said, really, they've gotten worn out in some of their worst games just because they're on the field every fourth play. Back-to-back road games for Washington. Yep. Tennessee fighting for a playoff spot. Since their bye, which was a few weeks ago, the Titans are averaging 30 points per game at home. Since their week four bye, which is really when it evaporated for Washington, they started off like 3-1, and one, and yep. then New Orleans was right after the bye, they haven't scored over 23 points in any game mm. since week four. Mm. That's amazing. Titans win 27-12, to 12, and I am putting $100 on the Titans to cover the 10. Gotcha. Josh Johnson, how was that win? Delicious, I imagine. Mmm, Jacksonville, what a comfortable place to play. The Titans love the Jaguars. But guess what, Washington? We hear that you're bringing a Gruden into town. <laughs> that entire family has dreamed of becoming a Titan. But guess what? You will never remember. Oh, wrong voice. Sorry. All right, the guys. Titan shall prevail. Next game on Saturday, 8-20 on Saturday night. The Baltimore Ravens visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. Spread in this game is L.A. minus four and a half, Chris. Okay, this is uh, one of my favorite games of the weekend, of course. It should be everybody's favorite game of the weekend. I mean, just the meaning, everything it has to it. Chargers can still be the number one seed if they win and the Chiefs lose. Baltimore's fighting for their life to stay into the playoffs. A lot on the line. I mean, I always talk about every defense and every unit has their kryptonite in the NFL. The 
NFL is the ultimate humbling experience because at some point you're going to meet your match somewhere along the lines. And this, to me, is the match that the Los Angeles Chargers defense does not want to see. They'd rather see the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes than this unit that's coming at them this weekend. So I guess that's my first big question of the day is, you know, uh, or or just the, the question I pose to everybody out there. The Chargers, once again, are the smallest defense in football. I don't know that if that's statistically accurate. I'm just going by my eye, and I'm telling you that they are. I would think that the numbers bear that out as well, okay? I mean, when you got, like I've said, the middle linebacker, there's only one of them in there. He's 220 pounds, okay? Yes. Then Phillips, the safety, is the other guy in there. He's 210 pounds. And then Damian Square, who I've told you a million times, yes. is 290 pounds. Now, from so, your notes right. about the Chargers defense, yeah. you wrote they got to be smallest front four in right. the NFL. Right. But you also wrote the Chargers D is so fast, you're not going to win sideline to sideline, even though some screens works and misdirections. Yes, right. So the speed of the Chargers might be the fastest in the NFL. It's real, yes. I mean, when you take the two guys on the edge with Melvin and Bo, you're not going to win that race. Right. You're not going to win the race to the sideline against Derwin James. Right. Uh, linebackers, Phillips, 31, like I told you. Yeah, they're phenomenal playing that style of football. I don't think the Ravens really want to get into a no, race. No, the Ravens want to come on in. Come into the come phone Come on in. We got, we got 330. We got 320. We got 305. Oh, we got back to 320, and then we got 345. Oh, our wide receivers are slow, but it doesn't matter because we got one, two, three, four tight ends right. that love to block. That's right. So the the, the Ravens are going to go straight ahead. I would be shocked if that's not the deal early on. It's going to be Gus Edwards in the middle, Lamar in the middle, Dixon Kenneth in the Dixon, middle. And then when they start to feel like the Chargers are pinching the gaps, Mark right? Mark Andrews over the top. You're going to get that, and you'll get... Lamar around the edge. As soon as they start to feel like, okay, they're pinching everybody, which that they call That was it. my big question right. from your notes, yeah. is when Lamar goes around the edge, right. is he going to get the edge? Yeah, because I, of all the speed for the Chargers. Yeah, no, I mean, he might not break it for 20 or 30, but I think he'll get the edge enough. He'll get the third and five. Exactly. Okay. Or maybe get the that first down in 10 yards. I would think so. I mean, if, if not, then, then that's where the game will be won. I really will be. That, that's what I'm saying. Right. That was my big question. With and I... I I would think that the Ravens are going to use the type of scheme, too, in the run game where I always call gap scheme, which is like they try to find double teams across the board and just go forward, right? Let's go forward. Let's double team the three technique. And then as we start to push him back to the second level, one will get on the linebacker, and now the running back weaves his way through there. So I see that can happen. Now switching it to the other side, yes, the uh, the Ravens defense, uh, of course, is a very good matchup for the Chargers offense as well. The Ravens defense is certainly... Certainly, it's either the second-best defense in football or the third-best defense in football. It's one or the other. And they can do everything in the secondary. That's what's awesome about the the Ravens' defense. If they want to play man-to-man, they got the horses to do it. If they want to play creative zone... Don Martindale or Wink Martindale, he of course has the ability and knowledge and creativity to figure that out. So I look at that as advantage Baltimore to a degree. Melvin Gordon playing, that will be huge because if he's not out there and it's too pass heavy, it really swings in the favor of Baltimore. Big time. But regardless, I think the Ravens are going to win the football game. Nice. This is one of my upsets of the week. I'm picking the Ravens to win 20 to 17. And I'm putting $730 on it. Heavy hitter. 
I, Go for it, Edgar I Allen. I can't do the Raven voice. Edgar <laughs> Allen, Don Terry Poe. <laughs> the Raven is coming, and it doesn't get hit by bolts of lightning. I am. I don't know anything you, else. You look like a creepy guy on the train. I felt like a creepy guy. Hell, <laughs> I tried to get my inner Smeagol going. And I you also just it. spit all over me. I totally that's, did, but yeah, I'm the only okay. one that's not sick in this room. So left go, take it away. Me. So the one thing that I've been noticing with the Chargers, as I constantly call them out, and then they prove me wrong, <laughs> is they love to do the slow start and the late surge. Down 14 to the Chiefs, came back. That Bengals game was 14 to 12, and then they kind of surged ahead at the end. Right. Steelers, down two scores, came back. Guys, they started down 10 nothing to Arizona and then scored 45. Right. The difference is, I look at those teams, Chiefs, Bengals, Steelers, Cardinals, you know what they don't have? The Ravens' defense. Right. So a lot of what I'm seeing there is I think the Ravens are going to set the tone, and then it's going to come down to can they withstand the Phillip Rivers-led hurry-up offense surge? And I believe they are able to handle that. The Ravens aren't looking to be fast. They're not going to get worn down. Um, And like you said, Keelan Allen is hurt, might not play. Melvin Gordon banged up, and... The Chargers just won a huge game last right, week. Right. And in the Ravens, they got accused of being out Baltimore in Baltimore, like in a public forum. Yeah. And it was slippery and it was sloppy and Lamar didn't play his best game. I think the Ravens win as well. I have them winning 23-17. to 17. I will admit that you have impacted me here. This is not completely my own thought. I don't know. That's a good thing. I am putting $150 on Baltimore to cover this. I think the fact that it's four and a half, I expected it to be a Chargers by three. Right. But the four and a half, like, that's a big margin to beat Baltimore. It's just a really good team where I think the Chargers are a team that play from behind a lot, and I think that they might... The Chargers could win this game at the end and completely prove us wrong. I just don't think you're winning by a touchdown. Yeah, I would have a hard time seeing that happen either. I I do. The Ravens. Here come the Ravens. You like the other one better, and I'm sorry. I, I do. I know. You've lost your Raven voice. I don't even remember what it was. I know. I know. It's somewhat close the to Raven. that. There it is. There it is. You got to get that going. I will send Lamar <laughs> to Los Angeles. Okay. Now I'm Spanish. I don't know. No, you weren't Spanish. You were like Count, Count Lefkoian. There is <laughs> one Raven. All right, guys. Moving on. Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Cincinnati Bengals on the road visiting the Cleveland Browns. Spread in this game, Chris, is Cleveland minus 7.5. The Hugh Jack. Jackson interception oh, ball revenge game. Baby, how dare you do that to Hugh? I know, we can't do that. Okay, um, Cleveland's playing good football. They are. There's no, there's no, I mean, their one loss out of the last five games is the Houston Texans, and, you know, that was a pick six. Baker threw three interceptions in the first half and kind of got behind the eight ball there, and it didn't work out in their favor, but... The defense has played better. We've talked about the offense a hundred times over the last few weeks, how they're playing through the run game, doing all that. So I have a hard time thinking that the Bengals' defense, which has been slightly better lately since they got rid of Terrell Austin. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's anything great, but it's been better. But nonetheless, the fact that it's in Cleveland and the formula in which Cleveland plays with on the offensive side of the ball and the way Baker's throwing it, 
yeah, I have a hard time sitting here and going, oh, yeah, the Bengals are going to make a lot of plays or stop the Cleveland Browns uh, from, from moving the ball up and down the field. Now, the Bengals, on the other hand, uh, for what they bring to the table on the offensive side of the ball, hey, it's the Joe Mixon show. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're trying to do that. Driscoll's going to scramble a few times, and then he's going to look for Boyd occasionally yes. in the past Who's game. Who's banged up. Yeah, right. So, so between all of that, the Bengals winning a game last week for the first time in forever, and I still think Cleveland's a team that's truly building for the future and trying to build on something. I am putting $10 in the Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Browns 28-20. to 20. I do think that the Bengals might keep this interesting for a little while. Right. And then it's, you know, 14-all or something like that, 14-13. I think the Browns pull away. Maybe the Bengals score a late touchdown to make it an eight-point loss. So the Hugh Jackson interception ball game. Uh, remember, that was the game in which Andy Dalton got hurt. Uh, also, right. Mixon only had 14 carries in that game because Cleveland went up four touchdowns like that. Yeah, they never got so the it changed it. the pace of play. Sure. Um, Cincinnati's coming off a solid win, but I think the Browns are coming off of a bigger emotional win, going into Denver in prime time, getting right. that win. The Bengals, in a weird way, have been a solid road team this year. They really, honestly, have their bigger losses have come at home. Yeah. The last two games for Joe Mixon, 26 carries, 27 carries. The Bengals have found their identity on offense where before it was 14, 15, 13, 11, 26 and 27. And I don't think the Browns have that great of a running defense overall. Right. Browns have executed well at home. And what Baker did against the Bengals, 258, four touchdowns, no interception is great. But I'm looking at a Browns team that I don't think is ready to start being a seven and a half point favorite over anybody. I look at this Browns team, two of the younger players just get to the Pro Bowl. I don't know if they're ready to handle a playoff push yet. The Bengals get to be spoilers. And not only are they spoilers, they're spoilers with revenge in their mouth. Because they're sitting there going, damn, how many memes, like how many videos came out of that last game? The David and Joku carry into the end zone. The Hugh Jackson getting a football. The Bengals for that entire week mm-hmm. were like, wow, you a guys joke. suck. Right. I think Driscoll's done a pretty good job of managing the game. Yes. And I also think that Joe Mixon's hitting that next level right now. He is. I think the Browns I think the Browns pull out a very close win at home, but I don't think they're covering seven and a half. I'm going fifty dollars on the Bengals. Gotcha. Oh, that's wow. a That is literally the sound of me on a Saturday morning. <laughs> it's me just like ripping one and then being like, Ugh! and then like more comes out. Uh. All right, guys. Next game on Sunday at that 1 o'clock. had to be some like mating or something. There. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers deep. on the road visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Spread in this game, Chris, is Dallas minus seven. Dallas minus seven. Okay. All right. So you go into your thing and I'll sprinkle in some of your film notes. Okay. About the Cowboys. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the Cowboys defensively versus the Bucks offense. Let's just start there. I don't think that the 
I don't think the Cowboys D-line can make a mess of this game as far as just absolutely ruining it against this Tampa Bay offensive line. I think that's the first thing I'll say. I don't think they're going to make a mess of it. It's one of the number one units that I thought was going to stink this year that's a little bit better. Yes, definitely. Tampa Bay's offensive and defensive lines, I just assumed were going to be crap, and they're a lot better than they are. Yeah, they are. You're you're exactly right. I mean, that's where this conversation is going to go. So, And I do. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there as far as they're one of the surprise units in football this year um they have good size up front to where you know there's good size decent athletes and no matter who they face has had a hard time really you know ruining the game in that in that way whether that was the saints last two weeks ago or the ravens last week um now, the Cowboys will present, I think, some opportunities in the past game for the Bucks too. Just because the Bucks are extremely aggressive. The Cowboys are kind of aggressive, too. And like you saw last week with the Colts, there was a few plays that Andrew Luck had some ability to get a little protection, hit them downfield on some passes. You wrote this in your film review of Colts-Cowboys right. in terms of the defense. Mm-hmm. This will be the game plan for teams with a good offensive line against the Cowboys going forward. You wrote specifically the Saints will watch this film. Spread Dallas out, yep. make them simpler. Yes. Do you expect the Bucks to do that? I do, to a degree. I think that would and be... And are they capable of doing they, it? Yes, they are. I don't know if they're quite as capable as the Colts and things like that, but I would think there's moments, yes, where you spread them out. If you feel confident that your O-line can go 5-on-4 against their 4 and hold their own, right. I think you're more favorable there than... My point being, like the Saints, the Saints tried to do these condensed formations and all this kind of stuff where and Dallas like had blowed for had, the match Yeah, protect. right. And they had 11 guys in there with them, and none of them were more than 15 yards deep. So right. when they're all their eyes are on the quarterback and they're not condensed, you might have a hole in the running game. But as soon as you get to the hole, there's four guys there because yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. there. So I think that was something I took away from what the Colts did. They said, whoa, they're really fast. They're really aggressive. They keep their eyes on the quarterback. If we're all in here condensed, we might open up a hole. But – a linebacker or safety is going to be in that hole by the time our running back right. gets there. So that was my point of that. Um, so, But I do think that Tampa Bay, like I was saying, there will be some plays to present itself in the pass game. You might see Mike Evans have some big plays. I don't think it's going to happen consistently, but I think you could see some of that. Now, if I flip it over to the other side, I don't think this is the greatest matchup in the world for the Dallas Cowboy offense. Um, I was encouraged with what I saw from the Bucks defense last week. Again, Vita Villa had moments of popping. They are a big defensive line, as we've talked about over the last few weeks. Yeah, big dudes. It's as big as it gets, really. Uh, with McCoy and Via uh, in the middle, and then JPP and Nassib, and you could throw the Vinnie Currys of the world in there Allen, when they so. want to get big, right, and all that. So I do think they can slow down the Dallas run game to a degree. And Tampa in the back end has been playing the right way lately. They're not overly talented, but they're not doing dumb things. They're not taking chances. They're not putting their guys on islands against guys that they can't match up against. Which is the key, because in your notes about yeah. the Cowboys' offense, you wrote, the Cowboys have to find plays in the passing game that aren't just one man doing something special. Exactly. We talked about this on Monday's pod. Dak is great in man-to-man. Right. And the question I guess I would have for you is, do you think the Bucks are going to present those opportunities? I don't. There I don't go. think very much. And then, you know, are probably going to go opposite on this pick is what well, it's sounding like. Well, right? and I mean... I think, the, you know, just think about, like, for anybody that's listening, like Amari Cooper's big plays that you saw over the last month. Thanksgiving against the Redskins. It was a slant versus man-to-man. You know, he breaks the tackle. It was another go-route versus man-to-man. The plays against the Eagles a few weeks ago were man-to-man. You know, even the great routes we see him run all the time, and we go, whoa, what a route. It's a post-corner versus man-to-man. Yeah. You know, Tampa's not going to let those opportunities happen a lot. 
I actually I'm putting ten dollars on the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I put I picked a push. Did you? I did. I picked the Cowboys to win twenty four to seventeen. Mm. Yeah. So I I kind of knew that this is where you were going to go, yeah. and it, it really is the blueprint to beat the Cowboys. Is ha- it's the blueprint to honestly beat any team? A lot in the of NFL. teams, right? Of course, yes. Really good front four, right. and smart enough to not put the offense in a good situation with man to man. Dallas, I think when I look at these two teams, what makes me more confident in the Cowboys is the last game. Dallas needs revenge over the Colts of mm-hmm. what just happened. And when I read your notes and from what I saw on TV, Dallas played really well. They just screwed up situational football time and time again. No and doubt. Dak missed some throws that he can't miss. Right. I think the Colts are a much more better, much better coach team yeah. than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucs are eliminated. I think that when I'm seeing quotes this week of people going on that team, I can't worry about Dirk Cutter. I'm worried about my job. I'm seeing a team that's mailed it in. Week 16 and 17, they've mailed it in. They're not playing as hard. How can they? How can they play as hard? Right. Also, I went back and looked at that Tampa Bay Baltimore game just in terms of stats. Yeah. Baltimore's offense was on the field for 37 minutes. Exactly. They had 242 rushing yards and got 24 first downs. Right. Even though that Tampa Bay defense has the pieces to match up with Dallas, I think that they've got to be worn down about being in their second road game and facing a similar base team that's going to punch them in the mouth for the second straight week. Yeah. And because of that, I think, and because. Tampa Bay has a quarterback that can throw all of your good drives away mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Dallas to win 34 to 20, and I'm putting $250 on the Dallas Cowboys. Whoa. I love when there's a team that has just lost a crucial game that now gets to come home and fight for their playoff lives against a team that is now mathematically eliminated with questions about their coach. Sure with a quarterback that throws picks. Because I also don't see any of those wide receivers for Tampa Bay really having an advantage either. Mike Evans, I'd like to introduce you to Byron Jones. Yeah, it's sure. going to be a very long day. Yeah, yeah. So I get you. Listen, I, I'm, And I'm, I also think Dallas is safer at home, yeah. and Tampa Bay has more turnovers on the road. Right. So, no, they're, they're, all those things are true. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean... Yeah, I mean it could go that way. I just Dallas scoring thirty something points is what I would just never bet on with anything. But well, I could see them winning 24, 24 to, to 10, ten, right? Yeah. Something like that. Thirty four. I don't know if that's in their I DNA. Just, I just thought that Dallas's coaching staff's going to get together and be like, "We got to put up points this." But week. they might wear their ass out. That's what they I think. could. Next game at one o'clock here on Sunday, the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Detroit Lions. Spread in this game is Vikings minus five and a half. Chris. Okay. Um. So I, I did watch Minnesota's offense on film. Okay. I think I'll just start there. Hey, listen, it was nothing groundbreaking other than it was an attitude and attention towards the run game. That's all there was to it. They had a focus. Right. There was a focus. Exactly. They were going to come out and give Dalvin Cook the ball. Their first pass play was a screen pass to Dalvin Cook. Awesome. Right. They ran inside zone, and he found the cutbacks, right? And they ran, again, what I would call the gap scheme, 35 lead, whatever it may be, where the fullback was in. They had double teams. Like I said, one gets off to the second level. The fullback leads on another linebacker. Those were like the two runs of the day. That's what they did. 
but it worked and they didn't sure. need to change it up. And then what else did we see off that? I saw more of a heavy dose of play actions and boots. That's yeah, what they did. Be. And then when they had some one-on-ones, they hit Thielen once or twice, digs once or twice. It wasn't pretty. It was a nice formula. I think it's something to build on for them. Sure. It's the way they should play with the way their team is built in general anyways. Um, but now saying that, all of that, that, that's, you know, it's one thing to do that to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, again, I, I feel like I say this every week, but ever since Detroit's got Snacks Harrison, things have changed on the defensive side of the now ball. The Sean Hands on IR, I don't know if that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's not as a huge deal. Uh, it, it's not a huge deal, but it does hurt their rotation overall. Okay. He's, he's not a starter anymore. But either way, I have a hard time sitting here and going, oh, Minnesota's just going to move the ball or run the ball on Detroit all day long. The other thing that scares me about Minnesota's offense against Detroit, too, the predictable nature of it. And just like New England, when Patricia has a pretty good feel for the predictable nature of an offense, he's all over it. Whether it was last week, the Cardinals, he had a good feel for the Rams and what they did. Okay, I mean, he was all over the Bears and some of their crap on Thanksgiving Day. So I guess that's the part that scares me. Um, now, when you flip it over to the other side and talk about you know Minnesota's defense versus Detroit offense, <sighs> Minnesota's defense is good, man. Carry on's officially out for the year. That's what I mean. And like and all you have is Galladay. What is there? Exactly right. And Galladay's just not going to scare just Minnesota. Dipsy dude, Dunkaroo, ape the oops, the cop of the boops. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing there for me to sit there and go, oh wait, this is one area Detroit has a an advantage in you know they're just I don't see that area in the football game so I think Detroit's defense makes this game uglier and closer than maybe we would expect yes um I'm still I'm putting ten dollars on the Vikings though I had them winning (laughs) ascend on where's this game being played it's at Detroit. Detroit go to Detroit I love that you say ascend ascend it's decent it's a decent oh yeah because you have to imagine that Detroit Higher elevation than Minnesota? I don't, I don't know. know where exactly. I've right. never heard someone ascending. say let's ascend. No, it's it's more like you say that when you're floating above and you go descend. It's like launch. I've heard ascend. I don't know. Do, yeah, I don't. Does people say descend? Do you have statistics to back back up? Do that you? You've heard Do you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, left. Go pick the game. Well, did you on? Did you want to wrap up your point? No, I just I got I got twenty to fourteen. Bikes. The last time these guys played. It was one of the all-time ass kicks of this NFL season. I would put it right behind Baltimore's drubbing of Tennessee when they had 13 sacks. Why? Because the last time they played in Minnesota, Stafford was sacked 10 times. 10. They barely had over 200 yards of total offense, and that was with Kerryon Johnson. Minnesota just had their rebirth against Miami. Detroit, a late death in Buffalo. Detroit officially eliminated from the playoffs. Minnesota looking around and going, this is the football, guys. We got rid of Filippo. It's clicking right now. Also, what you said about Patricia, he only has one week of film to really understand this team. Sure, right. That was my argument against you. Yeah. Where Patricia looks at the last time they played and has to go, it's not even the same offensive coordinator. So he has one week to go, okay, they're going to focus on pounding with Dalvin Cook. What if they don't? So really, Patricia has no film to go off of here. I think Kirk and the Vikings are on a mission. I think it's a sloppy game that the lack of offense for Detroit becomes, you know, what ends up propelling the Vikings late. What did you have the score as? 20 to 14. I have it as 27 to 16, and I am putting $100 on Minnesota minus five and a half. Ooh. All right, guys, moving on. 
Do you see that lion? I want that lion as my personal pet. I want it on this ship now. I'm cool with that. As long as you don't shoot it, it's cool. It's going to be my pet. Good, Patricia. Good, Patricia. He does kind of look like a lion. He does. He looks like a lion that just ate. So he's I need like to root for the Bucks and the Lions right off the bat. Bucks and the Lions. So you're rooting against yourself. Yeah. It's $10. Strategic. Chump change. $10. All right, guys. Next game here at 1 you o'clock on Sunday. The Buffalo change. Bills visiting the, the New England Patriots. The spread in this game is New England minus 13. Chris, you like uh, how I just talk through both of you? Yeah, that's you good. To. We got, got to. It's the only way to do it. New England... Uh, I mean, of course, come on. We've never even seen New England in this scenario since, like, the last time they didn't make the playoffs, which is 2002. Like, is there even a stat, what's the Patriots' record after back-to-back losses? I mean, like, I can't even – I think we have to go back to 2002? I think it's the year. It's Let the me go time. check it out. I don't yeah. think it's on NFL Jesus. It though. was uh, – yeah, the 2002 season, though, I'm pretty sure it was the last time they it lost is. two in December. Right. So – uh, again, Buffalo's defense is phenomenal. The last time they lost two in a row in December, they came back and beat the Dolphins at home 27-24. to 24, Last game of the year? December 29th, 2002. Right. When they went, and that made them finish, what, 10-6? and six? They finished that year 9-7. and 9-7. and seven Didn't get in. Man. They did not. Yeah. Um, so, But the Buffalo defense, again, this is one of the best coach units, best units in all of football. Um, there's nothing that... I look at their defense and go, oh, they have issues. The only time Buffalo's defense has faltered the whole year is just when, you know, they had golfers playing quarterback and, like, guys coming off the street to play quarterback and they had no offense to talk of at all. So I still think that Buffalo will give this New England offense a tough time. I, You know, New England, uh, they're a different offense this year. I mean, Brady, of course, is not quite as good. Gronk is not quite as good. Julian Edelman's not quite as good. Not to say they're not saying they're bad players. I'm just saying they're not as good as years past, and they're not as good spreading the field out and surgically destroying you like they were in years past. They want to run the ball downhill and get in the eye formation and do all that. And I think this is a tough unit to do that with Buffalo. I think it's tough to do anything against Buffalo with the way they're coached, and they don't take a lot of chances, and they can rush the passer with four. So I do think they'll have moments of stymieing that New England offense. Now, on the other side, I mean, I think for the most part of the day, you're going to see domination from the Patriots defense. Seriously. I do. I just I have a hard time. I think the Patriots secondary is playing pretty good football. Yep. Um I think the really the only thing I question about the Patriots defense of course is their front seven. You know, I know I always talk about their speed being a little slow, but I mean guys like Malcolm Brown and Lawrence Guy just haven't yes. played great the last few weeks. I'll say this I don't think the coaches have necessarily put them in the greatest positions either up front the last few weeks. They've been out-schemed a few times in the run game, and that's very rare where I go, mm, the Dolphins game, there was two or three runs. I'd like to ask Bill how you expect to defend this run with this defense. And then the same thing last week against the Pittsburgh. There's a few runs where I want to go, I don't see how you can defend it with this defense. So that would be my question there altogether. But either way, I'm not crazy, okay? I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not... It fucking insane. Um, I'm picking the Patriots here. I'm going. I'm picking Buffalo. Excuse me. What? Yes, for ten dollars. No, so then you did go crazy. I. I mean, I don't see that. What was your score? Twenty-four to fourteen. Like, I just still think this is where I think this game. You only ever think about two sides of the ball. I can. I never think about special. Not. Teams. You're right. I don't. I don't. And, and, and maybe I'm like, one I'm like, do you know how many happen. times that I feel like the Patriots might get ten points based off of field position, missed field, like all that they stuff. Could, in this but game. they, they, that's where Buffalo is very good at playing that game. 
You know, that's how they manage being the under the not the good team on the field every week yeah. because they do do those things well. And I'm giving them points because of the JA factor. The JA factor is real. That's so funny. I mean, so I have these are my two notes. Right. Buffalo is walking into a wood chipper. Right. I mean, they just survived Detroit at home, and New England's coming off double-digit Lefko double loves losses. wood chipper. Wood chipper. And I thing. think that this is going to be Josh Allen's worst game as a pro. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Because I believe that the Patriots are going to go, don't even rush him. Don't even rush him. Let's spread out, make the kid throw it every time. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen can't. I'm just saying that I believe the last few weeks Josh Allen has gone running is a huge part of my game. I'm celebrated for it. And I've, I've never seen a strictly mobile guy beat the Patriots before. Yeah. I've just never seen it. Right. I think it's a mush rush. I think the Patriots win this game 41-7. to My my factor. And I'm putting, uh, I'm putting $100 on the Patriots. My factor my, it was not hey, about. some wicked hot chowder. Sorry. No, go, please. My factor is not his running. I don't expect that to be the thing. You think there's going to be a few over-the-tops? I think there'll be a few throws where they're going to go like, damn, we just didn't know he could throw it 55 yards on a line. I think Buffalo's coming into New England going, hey, we had him in that first half, and our quarterback was Derek Anderson. And now they're going to be sitting here going, holy crap, not only are the Patriots focused, but they're angry, and they want to take all of it out on us. This, this feels like the blowout Patriots game to rectify everything, and everyone's doubting the end of the era, and Belichick's holding it up and going, they think that you're done. That's not how he talks. No. Yeah, they think that you're done. And then he, they're going to go in there. I think this is blowout city. Why are you starring certain games? For my guaranteed to lose this? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, any thoughts on Adam's sweatshirt today? Yeah, it's pitiful. pitiful. Shout out to Lyrical Lemonade. Uh, shout out to those young dudes making dope music videos. I'm not even going to explain it to you. Don't even worry. About don't it. waste my time. All right, it's a guys. really comfortable sweater. It looks like it. Yeah. Happy it does look very comfortable. Well, you don't like the colors? No, it's fine. It's fine. I don't even know what it is, so it's all good. What, yeah, it's they, cool they write music? No, they like direct music videos and stuff. Gotcha. A lot of rappers. Bunch of young kids making good content like what what rappers are we talking about like what videos i'll send it to you afterwards. yeah okay. all right moving on next game at one o'clock here guys the green bay packers on the road visiting the new york jets spread in this game is jets minus two and a half chris Man, i just i can't believe you're picking them to blow buffalo out i there do you know what it is i i always go there's a few teams that we think that they're going to keep it close yeah. and we go their coaching is going to keep it close and i remember we were saying that about the bears when they went to to buffalo too but I think eventually that dam breaks for those teams. And typically it happens on the road. You know, Buffalo, I think, is a team that's they look, they play back to back games at home and kept it close. Yep. And their last real road game was the I don't know. Packers yeah, Jets, right. take it away. I'm just messing with you. Don't you're, you're kind of messing with me. Um Okay. Um Packers Jets here. Okay. Um I think that the Packers offense is gonna have a hard time moving the ball on the Jets. The Packers, just for everybody out there, they have a hard time moving the ball against anybody. If again, I, I if I have to hear one more time this week that, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers missed three throws. I could go back and show you three throws that everybody missed in football last week. I could show you nine throws Drew Brees missed in the game on Monday night. I could show you throws Tom Brady missed, but nobody talks about that because Aaron Rodgers is under a microscope, unlike anybody else. Because if he doesn't deliver magic. They have no freaking chance. And I'll be the first to tell you, he was off his game last week. He missed a few throws he shouldn't have. But when the dam breaks every time you're back to throw, and then, oh, when it doesn't break 
absolutely no one is open. I mean, they have guys out there playing receiver right now that I don't even know who they are, and they're not even worth me looking up their names yet. So I'm just telling you that. Right. So you there's said that about Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. And then he threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns That's on Thursday right. night. And and that then, was also before he played. And then what That's happened true. What happened the next week after that? Uh, not much. But no, either way, yes. Uh, so, yeah, they got to they gotta do some things. But I do think that Todd Bowles, this is, again, the type of offense, just like we saw last week with the Houston Texans when the New York Jets play him, that they can scheme and game plan for. Mm. Okay. They're, they have the cover corners that will be able to play man-to-man at times. Uh, but Bowles is also very good at drawing up zone coverages, like we always talk about with some good defensive coordinators, and having people in the right areas. Right. And it was tough sledding on Houston last week. Yes, it was. You know, I mean, if it wasn't just Watson making some amazing plays and throws. And Hopkins catching it over people's faces. Exactly right. I don't the know. the Packers don't have either of those No, things. they don't have either of those. Um Okay, and then you flip it over to the other side. I still got a lot of respect for Green Bay's defense, okay? Even though they just lost Kenny Clark to IR? Yeah, that does hurt, no doubt about it. And the run game, I'm sure, will be more prevalent than I would like. Yes, that, that's definitely a factor. You've really been a fan of Petten all Yeah, year. I mean, to me, Green Bay should look at Chicago from last year, just to add that to this little conversation, and go, okay, defense is good. We kept Vic Fangio. Green Bay should be, okay, defense is good. We keep Mike Pettin, and you bring in an offensive mastermind to run that side of the ball. That's what I think and they should do. And then also get more pieces on Yeah, they need too. pieces, of course, too, yes. Um, so, But then on the other side, when we talk about the Jets' offense first, the Packers' defense, the run game really will be the big factor of the game. If the Jets dominate the line of scrimmage in the run game, they're going to win the game. They're that's plain as day. But if it's kind of a stalemate and they don't go over 100 yards, I think they're going to have a tough time throwing the ball on Green Bay too. Because Green, oh, of course. Green Bay has cover guys. Mike Pettin's a very good, smart, creative defensive coordinator. Okay, I just think Green Bay's got pride, all right? I'm Ooh. just telling you. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay for $10. Wow. I think Pack go. Um, I just think um, it's still Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to fold the tent. And I do look at this as being a little bit of the kind of game without speed on the outside of their edge rushers and the Jets where he can make magic. Gotcha. And then they can play man-to-man the Jets, but they're not like the greatest man-to-man guys ever, too, to where I think if there's nobody open – He'll still be able to fit some balls in there. Right. I think they win an ugly 23-17 game. Packers are being motivated by self-respect. Yeah. The Jets are being motivated by building on the future. Right. When you have a young quarterback, the season isn't ever over because you want to keep like learning around them. I have I want you to remember the Packers are 0-7 on the road this year. Ooh. 0-7. It's unbelievable. I had the Jets winning a close one, 23 to 21. And the reason, though, I'm putting $50 on the Jets is because there's still a chance they sit Aaron Rodgers in this game. He said today he's playing. I'm just letting you know. I just read it before we came in here. He came out and said, I'm playing Sunday. So am I correct in that? I believe yes. that. What was your score that you had? 23-17. So I have 23 I've seen him losing like 17-16 and him making a late drive to win the game. That's really how so I see I it. So I have the Jets winning, but I, I just want to put my money on the Jets here. I'm taking the home team, yeah. a home team that played really well against a good Houston team last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking Sam's going to go back there and go, wow. I mean, I played well against Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless and Bernard Jerk McKinney and J.J. Watt. And now who's coming to town? 
Like who? Like who's a guy on Green Bay that's physically scaring anybody on the Jets? Yeah, no, there, there's there's not there's nothing like, like that. Like the strength of the, the corners pa- guys. That's are what I'm the saying. The strength of the Packers defense. Right. The Jets don't even have guys that that like they're not even trying to get it going on the outside. I just think the Jets they get the running game going. Uh, I just it comes I have down no to the running faith. game for me. Yeah, and I have no and I have no faith in the Packers. So I hear you. I hear especially you, especially on the road. Yep. All right, guys, next game at 1 o'clock. Moving on here, Houston on the road visiting Philadelphia. Spread in this game is Philadelphia minus two, Chris Sims. Oh, man, this is a doozy here. Um, I'm going to have to pee after this. This is one of those things that I wish I had a little bit more time to let this game digest throughout the week. How come? Um, Opened at Philly plus three and a half, by the way. And now it's? Minus two. Wow. Because I am literally like... um, I just stopped watching last week, 12 minutes before this show yeah, started. Yeah, but you already watched Phillies. Uh, right. And then you, yeah, no, I know. I just, you, you know, know, as the week to... comes out, matchups come to my brain. I could be sitting on the back porch Saturday night and go, oh, man, that, that could be the game right there. Those things, like, uh, come to fruition at times. Okay, but either way, Houston's D versus the Philly O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the biggest question about Houston's D is their secondary. I mean, we were just talking about their Jets matchup last week. If Sharice Wright is playing man-to-man, you throw at Sharice Wright. That's, gotcha. And that's basically what the Jets did. Oh, Sharice Wright he hasn't covered anybody in four years. We're going to throw him. Okay, that was good. So that's a concern I have. I can't believe he's still in the league. It's amazing. And But the, they've had he's up there with injuries and bangs. Yeah, Cam was the same Cam kind of guy Thomas for a while. Cam Thomas liked one of my tweets recently. Yeah. And I was like, if only you knew. <laughs> but the he was the had a videotape on Mike Tomlin guy. He oh is that what it was? No, that's what you always oh, used to say yeah, about it. No doubt. Every right, time right. I look How in your film, making this team? you'd be like, "This guy must have video." Yeah, on top. he's got some blackmail material to to <laughs> still be making the roster. Um, the Houston defense versus the Philly offense, though. Um, I, this is not as good a matchup for the Philly offense as the Rams were last week. Okay, they're not going to bludgeon you know the Houston Texans defense with the straight ahead run game or make them have to worry about it that way. I mean, I do look at this game as going, no, they're going to have to win this one for sure with the pass game of Nick Foles. Uh, Can they come up with enough creative plays and explosive plays uh, in that department to beat the Houston Texans? I don't know how I feel about that because Houston, like I've told you, the weakness of their football team is they do let up too many big plays in the past game. I think at times they take too many chances too and try to do a little too creative stuff and leaves them compromised in other areas. Now, when I flip it over to the other side too, um, I don't think the Houston is going to be able to run the ball much on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough matchup. I think Houston is going to have a Pretty tough time pass protecting with Deshaun Watson, too. Deshaun Watson is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, so there you go. And he's not afraid to hold on to it and take a sack because he will wait for that guy down the field to come open. And sometimes he hits him for a 50-yard touchdown. Sometimes he gets sacked. So that's part of it. Uh, But I still think at the end of the day, your pass rush is not as dominant as years past. And there's not going to be the interior mismatch that the Eagles had against the Rams last week. They're not just going to bowl over the Houston Texans. Houston has a legit pretty good run game to where you're going to have to at least put some eggs into that basket to stop it. You're not going to just go, oh, our front four can stop it. It's not going to happen because of the Deshaun Watson read option stuff and all of that off of it. So at the end of the day, what I'm telling you is it needs to be a close football game, but... I'm putting $10 on the Houston Texans, and I think they're going to win the game 27-21. 
So I said that Deshaun Watson is the most pressured quarterback. Second straight row game for Houston. A lot of pressure on Houston to try and get that bye. Yeah. Eagles coming off an enormous win. The Texans and Oilers have never beaten the Eagles huh. in their entire existence. Hmm. How about the Titans? Because they were the Oilers. I have the Eagles winning 24-23. to 23. Oh, the Titans beat them. This that's year. a Houston cover, which we had someone on Twitter go, that's the dumbest thing possible if the team wins. Like, it's... It, like the percentages are so high that they also cover, but I have the Eagles winning twenty four to twenty three. But that's a Houston plus two cover, so I'm putting fifty dollars on the Houston Texans. Gotcha. All right, guys. Next game at one. Right, wait, hold on. What? So you took you took you're taking Houston to cover, but Philly to win. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Twenty four twenty three. Yeah, which like shouldn't be a thing apparently. Why? I don't even get that. That's what I'm going to ask you. Most of the time, you. the team that wins also covers. Is that right? Yeah. It's like, like 80% of the time. Is that right? Yeah. For So most of the time, the team that wins, they cover. Yeah. But w- but you guys, a guy on Twitter pointed out that you guys will always pick a team to win but not cover. Yeah, you're right. Which is what left goes predicting. Yeah, and I was yeah, saying you're you. right. That's probably like our biggest flaw. Yeah. But the way that we've both started doing it now is we both predict the scores. Right. And then we go solely based off the score. Right. Which is, I think, more fun. Because then mean, you look down, you're like, it was six. Yeah, because the... The betting, you guys, we're breaking down the games. The betting is just for fun. No, it's also for pride. And, and for, pride. for the fifth straight Against year, you I'm going to beat you again. again. All right, guys, Second here we year. go. Second year. Ready? We've only been doing this oh, two it years. It can't keep, no. It, like, the we're beginning doing a betting three. show for two years. Two years. So this will be the third straight year. Second year. We Dude, I've definitely beat you two or year. three in right. a row. It's the second year of the betting hey, show. Can we keep Colin, going? Can podcasts? you add clarification? I, I don't. I don't have. Time we picked to do five this. games a week for the first two years, and you beat me in that. This is the second year of this, and you're one and zero. Fine, but in all formats, this will be the fifth straight year. It will be. Okay, okay yes. here we go. Moving on in three, two, one. All right, guys. Next game at one o'clock here on Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons on the road visiting the Carolina Panthers. Spread in this game: Carolina minus two and a half. And we did hear today that the Panthers are shutting Cam Newton down for the rest of the season. They yeah. didn't announce that. I think that came out yeah. today. No, no, they were discussing it. I think it came out official. I, official. I know. Just as I was doing it, I saw something out there, and that's probably why I'm yeah, going to change it. my pick. Rappaport reported Panthers are expected to sit Cam Newton now that they're out of the playoff race. Did the line change? Uh, I can check that for you. Hold on. Yeah, the line does. definitely changed. Uh, yeah, it's to Carolina plus three and a half. All right, so what do we want to do here? Do no, I think s- we should do it at Carolina plus three and a half. Switch it to Carolina plus three and a half? Yeah, because the other one's not realistic. Okay. So Carol- So now it's Atlanta minus three and a half. Correct. Okay. Does that change your scoring? Yes. It does? Yeah. Do you want to take a second here and figure that out? Uh, nah, I don't care. It's no, not worth really so. taking a second. Go a for it. Game. Who gives a crap about this? Take it away. Okay, um... Panthers defense, still very good, okay? I mean, I, I was encouraged by what I saw against the Saints the other night, okay? And even just watching it back on film a little while ago. Um, hey, the I, I have a hard time thinking that the Falcons are going to go up and down the field on the Carolina Panthers, especially it being in Carolina. Um, Carolina's pass rush, of course, is the biggest issue with their football team, but... I think with the simpleness of the pass scheme of Atlanta on that side of the ball, uh, I do think Atlanta's saying they might fire both coordinators. It sounds that way, right? So I have a hard, I have a hard time thinking Atlanta's going to move the ball 
consistently on the Panthers' defense throughout the day. Yeah. Now, the Atlanta defense against the Panthers' offense, you know, I don't know what to think about the Panthers' offense with Cam Newton. Things change so much here. They're going to have to become traditional a little bit. Some of the movement stuff and all the misdirection things they do behind the line of scrimmage because you have to worry about Cam Newton running the ball, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle here. So that goes away. Um I originally had the Panthers winning the game when I thought Cam was going to win. I had them winning like a three-point game, like a 23-20 game yeah. at home. I just thought they would play for pride and win one here and not end this season. But now that he's out, I'm going to go Falcons 20, Panthers 17. And I just think that so Matt Ryan... you still Ryan have a Carolina and, cover. I do. I have a Carolina cover still. I think that the yeah Matt Ryan and company uh, make one or two plays. Yeah, I probably should lower that 17. It's, t- it's Taylor Heineke. So let's go twenty to ten Falcons. So you're going Atlanta. Going Atlanta for ten dollars. Sorry. Uh, I had this even with Cam playing at Atlanta, winning twenty-seven to seventeen. And the main reason is I think the Falcons are one of those franchises that when they get eliminated, they're like, let's pile up some wins. Like let's everything start clicking now. Deion Jones is back. We're feeling good. Uh, I honestly was like, oh, if Cam Newton plays with a bum shoulder, like. Just watching that game on Monday night, he yeah, just wasn't capable of anything. Yeah, and the, the frustration, too, of all the receivers looking back at him when he would lead them too much because he's trying to get it out there because his arm strength isn't there. Yeah. But Taylor Heineke, like, get out of here. Yeah. I, I got $100 on Atlanta, minus three and a half. Um, both. So I tweeted out during the game Monday night that I believe that the Carolina Panthers are arguably the most frustrating team in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. And it was retweeted a lot. Like a lot of Panther fans where I agree. And then the Cowboys fans are like, you don't know what it's like for us or Atlanta. But really, Carolina has been leading or has been dominating so many of the games this year. And yeah. that's why I called them the most frustrating team. Green Bay is not frustrating. They're just not good. Right. Carolina had a good team yeah. and just found ways to lose it with missed field goals or with bad decision making. And I, I, they, they really, I think, took the cake. Them and Jacksonville are the most frustrating just, teams. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Carolina was, I mean, Carolina was six and two. Damn, I thought they were one of the 10 teams at that point halfway through the year where I said they can go to the Super Bowl. No team has started off the first eight games 6-2 and two and then finished the season 6-10. and ten. Wow. So if they end up losing the last two games, they'll be the first team ever to go 6-2 and two to 6-10. and ten. That's pretty amazing. All right, guys, next game here at 1 o'clock, the New York Giants on the road visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Spread in this game, Chris, is Indy minus 9.5. Yep, okay. Um, Very hmm. interesting game. I think that... I look at the Colts' offense, and I don't think it's a good matchup for the, Bear, uh, the Giants' defense. I think that was the first place I would start. Uh, the Colts are tough to defend. Their creativity is real. Their ability to run the ball between the tackles is real. Uh, Frank Reich and company find a cute way to run the ball outside every week, uh, whether it's you know bunch crunch or pulling guards out on the edge, however you want to say sure. it. So there's that to worry about. There's an aggressive downfield passing game to worry about with maybe the best downfield passer in the game right now in Andrew Luck. Nobody can dial up more down the field throws and put pressure on you. Just like we say with all great offenses, the Colts make you defend the whole field. If they had like another weapon on their offense, they had one more, they they would be like, ooh, they'd be a handful to deal with, right? Or even another great receiver, whatever it may be. But yeah, so that that is definitely an issue. But so I look at that as being really tough on the New York Giants. I do. 
I mean, scheme-wise, creativity-wise, creativity I think favors the Colts. You know, pure brute strength favors the Colts, definitely. Now, to flip it over to the other side, okay, the Giants, of course, are dangerous. They can make plays. It's Saquon, you know, it's Saquon Barkley. Do we know what the status with Odell not is yet? yet? Not yet. We're still not, not yet. sure? Don't know. I mean, the Giants, are, of course, are capable of making plays uh, in, in on the offensive side of the ball. You know, even with, you know, uh, our man Sterling Shepard, he can do things. But I think when, when it all said and done, I still like this Colts defense. It's a little overrated right now. Like, it's a little overrated. People are like, oh, the Colts defense is so good. Yeah, it's good. They don't blow assignments. Yes. They have pretty you wrote, good depth you wrote on the this defense down line. In yeah, your yeah, notes. Go ahead. Right. So your, your Colts defensive note, you said, first thing you always notice with Indy, their linebackers cover so much ground and save the defense. Exactly right. And that's where I think it will not be a huge Saquon Barkley day. Because we can that. both say the Cowboys offense – Zeke was like one hand away five or six times from going 60. If the game didn't get out of hand and become 7 nothing, Zeke is going to run for 150 yards at least in the game. But Leonard and those guys cover so much ground, yes. and they really do fix a lot of mistakes. They fix a lot of mistakes. It's like the Ryan Shazier effect, right? With those two, that's how I look at it. Like The, the Colts D-line has good depth. It's not perfect yet, but there's some things that the players they have are the right way. But, yes, they will stunt and do things like that and leave gaping holes, and then Walker and Darius Leonard have to make up for it, and more times or not, they do. Also, what the Colts do is they just don't give you a whole lot of opportunities on the back end to make big plays. They play safe. They play conservative throughout the day. They're going to make you earn it. They're not going to bump and run Amari Cooper on their own 20 and go, well, we'll just roll the dice here, and if he runs by us, we're screwed, but if he doesn't, we might get a stop. They don't do that. They're so not in that. So I'm going $10 on the Colts, okay? And as I'm talking this game out in my brain, I'm going, I should have bet more on this probably. <laughs> wow. But I'm taking the Colts to win this one 31 to 20. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is, and I got this information from Nikki G, our audio guy. How dare ago. you, Nikki G? I, he, he said this, he goes, the funny thing about the Giants they always seem to play better on the road. Yeah. There are certain teams where the pressure of home can be a lot. I also think MetLife, not the greatest place to play. Um, But I look at them on the road, blew out Washington, competitive with the Eagles, beat the Niners, took the Falcons down to the very last second, took the Panthers down to the last second, won at the Texans, lost by a touchdown to the Cowboys. They've actually played really well on the road this year. It's very interesting to me. I also think that the Giants' offense is better in a a dome. Yeah, sure. I think Eli is better in a dome. No doubt. All that stuff. Yep. I have a very interesting fact here for Mm. you. Who would you say are the three franchises that are closest and mean the most to Eli Manning and the story of his career? The Saints, the Giants, and the Colts. I would argue that it's the Chargers, Giants, and the Colts because okay. the Chargers were the team that he turned down. Right. Those are the three teams that he's never beaten. Hmm. He's obviously never beaten the Giants, but he's never beaten the Chargers, and he's never beaten Big Bros no, team. He the can Colts never do that. Right. Never going to do it. Right. Not going to happen. I look at this game, and I think that this is the the Giants are coming off of a, of a beatdown where they were shut out, and the Colts are coming off a beatdown where they shut somebody out. 
I don't know if Odell plays. I hope he does. But I see the Colts winning a close one, and the Giants are actually going to put up some points in this game. I think the Colts win this game 31-26, to and I'm putting $100 on the Giants to cover this game. Okay. I am. Yeah. I think that this... Not going to do that, though. <laughs> Not going to do that. But there is part of me that goes, man, is Eli going to cross the Colts off? and possibly get the win. I, I don't see it happening. I think the Colts are a very well-run team, uh, but I think the Giants are going to keep it close. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I don't think that's that crazy. Not at all. Especially all right, guys. if Odell plays. Last game at 1 o'clock here on Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road Whoa. visiting the Miami Dolphins. Dude, spread I'm, in this game, Dolphins minus four. I'm actually excited for this game. Yeah. like There's like a few things that are exciting. Okay, let's hear about take, why. Take us through it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing is exciting about this game. Oh, okay. You guys bit that oh, one. that was a okay. joke. Yeah, yeah. It was a joke. I was like, damn. Yeah. All right, so then what do you got? Uh, Battle of Florida. I love it. $10? Okay. Uh, I'm betting $10 on the Miami Dolphins, um, and I think they're going to win 20 to 10. Oh. I guess I give the Jacksonville Jaguars a little bit of a fighting chance, of course, I'm always so tired with that of defense. That. Yeah, All, because of that defense, and – Dolphins' run defense always scares me, and I do get a little worried. Do we know who's starting a quarterback for Jacksonville yet? Have they said? Because I know Bortles was in the in the conversation oh this week, right? And you got to worry about the Bortles scrambling factor as well in this, uh, if that's the case. But either right, way, moving on. I don't see anything uh, really fulfilling in that game to talk about. You know what's really funny? Yeah is this is one of the games I'm most confident in. Yeah. 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 It's the NFL's second-best home team at covering the spread, right. Miami. I believe they're 5-1. and one. Maybe even 6-1. I think they're 6-1. Against the league's second-worst road team at covering the spread. I'm putting $200 on the Miami Dolphins to cover the four points. <laughs> one more time, because there's $200 on it. Miami is one of the best home team covers in the NFL. We just saw them go and hang tooth and nail with the New England Patriots. The game before that knocked off the Buffalo Bills. The game before that held the Jets to six points in the win. The game before that kind of messed up against Detroit. But the game before that, they upset the Bears. It's a miracle they won some of those games. It's It's they, They are so different at home. But I look at Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette comes out. Yep. Why aren't they running me more? Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey comes out. I'm not going to talk about Doug Marone's job. Miami is still fighting for the playoff spot, and they feel disrespected, and they're at home coming off of being dismantled by the Vikings. Jacksonville, the season is done, and I believe that they are the bully. And when they were clicking – they love bullying. Right. But when a bully gets punched in the mouth, they go home and they cry. Yeah. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. Yeah. And what they did against Washington, that defense has to have no hope for that offense. And I have to imagine that Adam Gase is looking at that film and going, let's kill them when they're down. I think Miami wins this game. Did I pick a score? 26 to 14. 12-point win, and I got $200 on Miami. I got you. Does it make sense? I mean, nothing. Betting $200 on Miami never makes sense. But <laughs> I, I like but betting I on the teams yeah. that are still fighting for a playoff spot I against agree. the teams that are like, wow, our season's over. Yeah. I got you. Jacksonville didn't get any big pro bowlers. Right. 
No, there's there's definitely issues there. 73 degrees in Miami on Sunday. Uh, only 66% humidity. So it's 60 the lo- what? You got to add that out. 66. 66. Lowest humidity in Miami of a game this I bet you season. added that out. Probably will. Uh, moving on to the late afternoon games. 405, first one here, the Los Angeles Rams on the road. I just want to say one quick note, TV guide alert for everybody out there. The great thing about this week, since we now know that there's teams that don't matter, there are teams there are, there's one game at 1 o'clock that really matters, there's one game at 4 o'clock, and Sunday night. Nothing is going to distract you. The 1 o'clock game is, well, Saturday we get Baltimore Chargers. The 1 o'clock game is Houston-Philly. The 4 o'clock game is going to be Pittsburgh-New Orleans and Kansas City-Seattle at night. All the other games really don't matter unless you're in your fantasy championship or you're a gambling degenerate. Would you agree? I mean, Tampa-Dallas has got meaning. I mean, (laughs) Houston-Philly's got meaning. That's why I said that's the one one o'clock Okay, okay. And then, wait, there was one other one. And Giants-Colts got meaning. I mean, to one of those teams. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. Of the teams where there's two teams that it matters. Yes, there's only one one at one, one one at four, and one at Sunday night. 405 on Sunday, the LA Rams on the road visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Spread in this game is LA minus 13 and a half, Chris. Quick question before we get into this. I'm seeing reports right now that Steve Wilkes is expected to be fired at the end of the season. What it, what do you think is happening in an organization when when the first year isn't even over and they're going, we need to move on? Like, what are they seeing that they're going, we already know? They feel that he is in over his head, is what I've been told by people. Really? Yes, that they're just not a... That do he wasn't see- quite ready for this job. I don't know the specifics, so okay. I won't be able to tell you anything like that. But I did know about this last week, that he was... Are they were already talking about maybe this is a one and done type wow. of thing? I know I'm a little surprised too, and I'm surprised that they're also reporting that you know Steve Kime is going to get a free pass and maybe get one more year. And you know, again, it just shows you that when you're friends with the owner, damn, do you get a lot of free passes? They do hang out a lot. They do. Right? My, my only other question would be: everyone expected the Cardinals to be three and thirteen, right? So why are we? I guess it that would have to be something that you're there to see on a daily basis. The other coaches are saying something. The coaches, players, yes, the the owner, the GM, they're all seeing things done and going. Well, you shouldn't do it that way, or what's he doing, or he seems flustered. I don't have the answer for you there. Yeah, I just know that's. I the just overall found that surprising i i'm with you i i did too um you know i do think it's a little bit of a rush to judgment the biggest mistake he made in his career to this point was just the fact that he hired mike mccoy as his offensive coordinator that's where it all starts right right. because the defense has been good in a lot of moments again they would be another team i would argue when they haven't been good it's just because their offense screws them over the game there i haven't watched the film yet last week though the game there early on was atlanta's gonna have a tough time moving the ball and then it was pick six. Pick six, another pick, I believe. Yeah. And all of a sudden it goes, damn, we're in a game that we're not able to play here. Yeah. So I think that we have to keep that into consideration. Of course, they're playing a pissed off Rams team this week. I have no faith in the Cardinals offense. And oddly enough, I've kind of liked what I've seen from the Rams defense the last two weeks. Huh. I thought they played pretty good against the Chicago Bears. They did only let up 16 points, and they were putting in a lot of crappy positions, right? You know, even last week, there was moments of good. They had like two or three plays where they blew assignments, like the bomb to Alshon yes. Jeffrey talked about. I 
don't know what Akeem Talib was guessing. He thought they were going to get the post over the top and somebody come into the corner. Right. And he's going, I'm going to steal the corner interception. And they left the post And the they top. left the post over the top. Right. So there was little things like that. Um, so I have a hard time thinking Arizona moves the ball on the Rams. The Rams are going to be pissed. I will say this. I think the Rams' offense is in a funk. I think this slowly starts to get out, them out of it this week. But I don't think they're going to put up like 40 points this week. I don't. I think that Steve Wilkes is hearing these damn conversations too. Uh, I bet you there's guys on his defense that don't like it either. But I don't know. I just have a hard feeling with the Rams. I'm taking the Rams for ten dollars. Yeah. But it's like an ugly twenty-four to nine type of win. Mm. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Shaw McVay nightmare for the Cardinals. The Rams are three and zero straight up and against the spread. And in those games. They've won by an average of 27.7 points. They're 3-0 against the spread against the cards, you're saying? Yeah, okay. I have the Rams win this one 31-3. Yeah. This is an embarrassing Sunday night loss. This is a Cardinals team that their offensive line is decimated. This game's not on Sunday night, though, right? No, I'm saying the Rams oh. just lost on oh, Sunday gotcha, night gotcha, sorry. in prime time. Right. Prime uh, time. I think that the Cardinals, they have Chandler Jones, but they really don't have anybody else, and I really don't see any defensive tackles that can take advantage of the guards that you mentioned. Yeah, I know. So I don't we'll see, see them if... having the pieces. Right. Um, and I think that the Cardinals... I, I really don't have faith in Rosen with that offensive line handling Aaron Donald. Scary. Rosen has been lately either fumbling the ball or throwing interceptions at a very alarming rate. Right. A rate that makes me look at him and goes, damn, I'm worried about you now moving to the future. Because I see Sam Darnold has shown growth. Lamar Jackson's shown growth. And Rosen doesn't have a lot of help around no, him. No, not even the same But com- But, but I want to say this. Neither does Allen. But Allen has physical tools to right. make it better. And right. that was your big concern about Rosen, his inability to move. Yep. I have $100 on the Rams, minus 13 and a half. Yep, totally understand it. All right, guys. Next game at 4.05 here. The Chicago Bears on the road visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Spread in this game, Chris, is Chicago minus four. Okay. Chicago minus Chicago, four. Chicago. I go, okay, so we talk about the 49ers, their offense versus the Chicago Bears defense. That's going to be the matchup of the day that I'm excited to watch, of course. Um, the Kyle Shanahan zone scheme and all those things they do against you, the Chicago Bears. Your notes yeah. was a love letter to, to Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> He wrote down, Kyle's understanding of the Seattle scheme is next level. Seattle was sick of being exposed, and at the end, they went to -to man-to-man. You just wrote so many times, holy crap. Like, Kyle was inside the locker room, it felt like. It was like Jacksonville last year, like for Seattle, right? You remember when Jacksonville went to San Francisco at the end of the year? Sure. Had a deal, same type of thing. Like, Seattle at the fourth quarter finally said, he understands our defense. Let's just play man-to-man and stop trying to... That I, was, just, I just don't think that Vic Fangio is a scheme that you understand. Exactly right. I think that's where I would it's go It's not a that. scene that gets exposed. No. It's just about putting their athletes in good positions. Yeah, they do a little bit of everything. They always have one or two things that they bring out for the specific game that week. Yeah. You and I know their front seven. I mean, I think... I don't know if it's the top in football. It's top two or three. It's the top, in my opinion. It's the best front seven. Roquan Smith lately has got even Man. better. So he's gone to the next level. Watching him and Danny Trevathan before a snap yeah. communicate, right. you could tell he's now a sophomore. Yes. He's no longer a rookie. No, and he's playing like it. You can see the physical bills and the explosiveness coming. He's not thinking coming. anymore. Exactly right. He's free to, to play. Man, um, those two combined are really special. Yeah, the, 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 the deal – so – 
the Niners offense as creative as it is, and they might make a few plays, don't get me wrong. I just think at the end of the day, the scheme and the talent on the Bears defense will just be a little too much for the 49ers offense for me to sit here and go, oh, they're going to gash them consistently. Yes. That's an issue. Now, when you flip it over to the other side, you wrote down yeah. San Francisco's D-line might be the most underrated in the NFL. Yes. The other guy that we got as a snub for the Pro Bowl, right. DeForest Buckner. Yes. Everybody was hitting me up about him. He's a monster. Okay, and he's finally grown into it. He really has. But yes, they are a group that lacks a superstar or a guy that people, the public, will know uh, unless you're really paying attention. Then you know what DeForest Buckner. But it's good across the board. Yeah. That's the big thing. It's every guy. I would hope so. They've drafted like a yeah, top 10 guy. Yeah, I know. Guy. No guy is overmatched there. Uh, they can match up against any personnel set on an offensive line. You know, I like what Robert Saleh does on a weekly basis. Yes, it's Seattle scheme, but he doesn't live in it. Which I'm, I always think Kyle's in his ear going like, don't live in this, man. Somebody's going to figure it out and expose us. You know, you yeah. got to change it up, whatever it may be. Uh, I do think the 49ers will give the Bears offense a tough time. I have a hard time thinking the Bears are going to run the ball consistently. I think the big thing is, will the Bears catch the 49ers in those few snaps where they do get real creative and become aggressive? Mm. That's where Nagy can be dangerous. Oh, he's got three receivers to one side sure. and a bunch package, and you get aggressive, and he max protects and keeps everybody in the blitz, and now those three guys do something cool on the backside, yes. and you go, oh, crap, we got crossed up, or we got picked, or you know they, they three-on-two'd our zone over there, whatever that may be. I, that does... Um, scare me, I guess, in that matchup. But I do think the 49ers can hang in there physically with the Bears. At the end of the day, I picked a push. I'm putting $10 on the Bears. Oh. Um, oh, give me some gold. Oh. But it's 21-17 Bears. Give me some gold. I'm picturing the Bear walking out with his pickaxe going... <laughs> I originally wrote down the Jimmys and the Joes are going to outplay the X's and the O's because the talent gap is too wide. Yeah, I've been going to the gym. But then I started looking at it, and look, the Bears are 7-1 and one at home. Yeah. They're 3-3 three and three on the road. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky just really does not play that well on the road. Yeah. They missed the last two road games, and that was the Chase Daniel game against the Giants and the Lions, where they really didn't play that well. No. And they relied on their defense to kind of get everything done. Right. Yeah, they had the Buffalo Bills game where they won 41-9, but Mitch really didn't do anything in that no, game either. No, didn't have to, right. They lost at the Dolphins, they squeaked one out against the Cardinals, and they lost at Green Bay. Mm -hmm. The Bears are a very good home team that still had a lot of mistakes in that Green Bay game where this is really looking to me like everyone crowned the Bears this week. Yeah, it right. was Chicago Bears Celebration it? Week. Mm -hmm. Club Dub went full national scope, and everybody loved them dancing in the locker room. San Francisco got the big win over the nine over the Seahawks, but I really think that both teams are going to start slow. I think that they're both coming off of big rushes. Chicago slays Aaron Rodgers. San Francisco slays Seattle. The difference is San Francisco's at home. Yeah. Chicago's going on the road. Right. I think it's the Robbie Gould revenge game again. And I think the Bears win this game 17-16. Oh. That's a San Francisco cover. And I'm having them put $50 of my money on the San Francisco 49ers. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's I think Nick Mullins, since that Seattle game, 
has started to protect the ball a little bit more. Definitely. Uh, I think that it's going to come down to how many of the plays can Guile draw up to squeak George Kittle or, or Selleck out the back to get them in a position to let Robbie Gould put the points on the board. I don't think Chicago's going to move the ball that much on this team. No, I don't either. I, I think you. sometimes Chicago gets a little too creative, and I think San Francisco has the D-line mm-hmm. to drop people back. No doubt. Mitch, beat us, because I think the way you beat the Bears is go, beat us with Jordan Howard. Run him 20 to 25 yeah, times. Yeah, call their bluff. You're call your Andy, bluff. Andy Reid style. And I and I don't think Chicago has enough patience to stay with the run. Yeah, I really no, don't. I would say that's a legitimate flaw. There's no question. And I, I go back to preseason when Robert Saleh said, we're going to start off really rough and we're going to make a surge at the end of the season. And that's what the Niners are doing right now. Yeah. They got four wins. If the Niners end this year with six wins, I would not be surprised. I just think that they're a team that's going to be clicking. I like the way their offense is playing. I like the way their defense is playing. And I think it's close. And I think that this is a letdown game for the Bears as they just got crowned by the national media. Sure. Wouldn't be surprised if the Niners win this game. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy either. I don't. Um, this I'm, one I'm super excited about. Yeah, this is the game of the day, right? I mean. I think it's this the, one or Sunday night. Yeah. Do I get to introduce the game? Yes, you may. Sure. All right, guys. 425 on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the road visiting the New Orleans Saints. Spread in this game, Chris, is New Orleans minus six. Break it down and then give us your pick. What's the weather? It's in New Orleans. Playing indoors. Doesn't Thank matter. Thank you. I'm just curious what it's like right, outside. I'll, yeah, I'll like what, What's that two minutes when they're leaving the bus and going into the I, I'm not prepared for the indoor games. Give me a sec. Go ahead, <laughs> Chris. Take it away. Like okay, okay. Now um, I'm going to look it up now. I'm going to stop your breakdown to tell you what the weather is for an indoor game. Yeah, That's what we're going to do. Get him. Get me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go Fendrick rivalry. Eat it. All right. So. Okay. They got so... me thinking of other things now. Look, thinking of my guaranteed to lose here. You know what's weird is Pittsburgh really has not played many indoor games the last few years. Have they not? No. Like, they have not played one this year. Uh, last year, they played, played the, one, and it was... The Colts? I think the it was Colts at, was two years ago, Thanksgiving night. No, they played at the Colts, and they won 20-17. to 17. Okay. When you're an outdoor team and then you go play a game indoors, that's, you said last week that's a treat, right? It's that's a treat. Cool. Okay. Oh, Ben's going to grab the ball and go, my gosh, this is, this is not fair. He gets to throw the ball like this every week? I mean, that's what quarterbacks that are from like the Pittsburgh, the and right, and like Tom Brady, whatever, they go into the dome and they're like, this, this is not even fair. I mean, I, I, mean, I just can throw it everywhere. I mean, that's, that's how I used to feel. I used to be like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And you were coming from Florida. I know. And it just still was like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about my center's ass getting too swampy out here or anything. It's a nice controlled environment. Great not to have to worry about exactly. that. Exactly. It really is. All right, break it down Okay, so, um, all right, so where do you want me to start here? I guess I'll start with New Orleans' offense versus Pittsburgh defense. New Orleans' offense, hey, it, it's not great right now. I don't know what other way to say it. They're in a little bit of Strugglesville, uh, and I think – I say that not only from Drew Brees' standpoint. I don't think the offensive line is playing as good as it can play. They're banged I, up as hell. I, exactly right. I don't think Sean Payton's necessarily on his A game right now either. And this happens in the NFL season. They will find their second win at some point, and they'll find a new little formula to add to their existing formula to make things confusing once again for defenses. But right now they are in a lull. They are not playing very good football. Um, I'll say that... 
the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, as you know, and what I think, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is pretty damn good. I think they match up pretty damn good with the New Orleans Saints offense with the simple fact of they, of course, can match up with the strength of the O-line, right? Where We know Pittsburgh's D-line can match They're up with anybody. They're not afraid of Breeze deep. They're not a, they don't have to worry about Breeze deep. They, they don't really athletes. have to worry. Right. They don't really have to worry about man-to-man issues against the Saints. There's nobody to be scared of you going wrote that by in your notes. No speed on this Saints There's team. no speed. I think it's one of the issues with the Saints that I've seen over the last few weeks. Is, it's really funny that Ted Ginn was the big loss. I mean, you know, it's the little pieces like that, though, that, that can make a difference. Just Same because the that little Exactly right. And that's the thing I'm seeing reoccurring with the Saints on offense is, like, the Cowboys showed everybody, get up in their face a little bit. You don't have to play the safety 30 yards deep down the middle of the field. He can be at, like, 12 yards, and you can have all these people crowding the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's snaps last week with the Panthers where you I snap the ball and I go, man, all 11 guys are, like, within 12 yards of the line of scrimmage, and they're not even spread out because they're in a condensed formation, and there's just nothing to back them off. So I am worried about that aspect for the Saints' offense. I have a hard time thinking they're going to run the ball consistently. I think they will have a hard time finding big plays in the pass game. Now, they might be able to be surgical with some of their zone passes, whatever that may be. Now, flip it over to the other side. Pitts, uh, Saints defense, I mean, it's been... Span. It's been six months since I knew you win. Four days since I met you win. Uh, but, but... It's been... Oh, that was good. It's been... Um... I, it's been very impressive by the Saints' defense, is what I want to say. I can't not hear it now. I mean, I know. Uh, it's been impressive. That's what it's been. Uh, but the Saints, just like every good defense we talk about, Lefko, this gets gets blue in the face. But their front four is good. They don't have to help them out a whole lot or do anything crazy. They blitz just every now and then. They can trust their front four to handle the running game along with Demario Davis in the middle at times, right? Uh, their secondary is doing the correct thing always as in they're playing smart zones. They're rallying, making tackles with an occasional man to man in a certain situation. Yeah. And they make the quarterback have to make the throw, but that's tough this week. That's tough this week. It's tough, tough, tough. Oh, Pittsburgh O line is good. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh's O line. I was is... going to say that the Pittsburgh O line, right. I would say with their lack of injuries, might have overtaken number one offensive line in the NFL. I, I, I mean, they're in that combo, right? Just look, you don't have Teron Armstead. Yeah. Unger goes down. Right. You got some backup guards in there right now. They're moving mm-hmm. Andrews Pete out to tackle. Yeah, that stinks. It ain't, it ain't I know. what it is. No, it's it's not what it is. Yeah, I think at the current state of all the NFL right now. Pittsburgh might have the best O-line. It's, it's Pittsburgh or the Colts because Dallas is a little banged up too, right? So if we were just going to go right now today. Yes, it's Colts or Pittsburgh for the and two best offensive lines. Pittsburgh, so, just because of better tackle play. Yeah, that would, that's a fair point, certainly. Okay, I know. Shut up. I'm getting there. Um, so I do look at Pittsburgh's offense, though, as being a tough matchup for the Saints' defense. Okay. You know, I do think they'll be able to protect. I do think the Saints are going to go, damn, like, we want to play zone, but this offense has enough and enough weapons and enough scheme to kind of pick apart our zone if he has time to sit back there and throw it. And then also, if they want to play man... That's scary too. Yeah. We know. Um, I'm putting seven hundred and thirty dollars on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven hundred and thirty. Seven hundred and thirty. Wow. And I really think they're going to win the game. And I, I can see that. And I to get six points. I sat back and was like, wait. 
and I'm kind of rooting for Pittsburgh right now. I want them to be in the playoffs. Oh, I forgot this is your Super my Bowl Super Bowl matchup, matchup right? But I want is Pittsburgh going to be a preview. I know it'd be interesting, but I really do want them in the playoffs, just as a pure fan. So I like literally picked the game, and I was like, wait, hold on, am I being biased here? Like, calm the down. Like, what's real? Like, I truly tried to talk myself with this one, and. I don't think I'm being biased with the state of the way each team is playing right now. Mm. I really don't. So I could be wrong. I don't know. But I do think Pittsburgh's playing better football. And I do think Pittsburgh matches up better than they are. And I'm going with them. Wow. It's been. What was your score? Uh, 24 to 20 Steelers. Okay. So I wrote this down as I don't like my pick, but I'm sticking with it because of my score that I came out with. Saints just wrapped up a three-game road streak. You don't see that a lot in the NFL, three games. Mm -hmm. So they're back at home. First game at home in a month. The Saints at home, man, they're a good team at home. Mm -hmm. They got that crowd going. It starts getting crazy, and that's why I started to feel a little bit better about it. The MVP chants are raining down. They're ready to go. Oh, by the way, to all the Saints fans out there that are now responding to me saying that Mahomes is the MVP by retorting, we're focused on the Super Bowl. You weren't focused on the Super Bowl three weeks ago. I've been saying your team is going to go to the Super Bowl. Just be okay with the fact that your quarterback averages about 200 yards a game, one touchdown, and now makes constant mistakes. He's a mistake-prone quarterback. The pick two, it's insane. And he threw another pick. It's insane. Anyway, <laughs> He's such a jerk. I look at the Steelers and I look at the Saints, and they're bo- the Steelers are coming off a super emotional win. Super. I mean, they, they, they slayed the Patriots. Yeah. They got them. Mm-hmm. I also, though, didn't think the Steelers played that great in the game. I thought their defense matched up really well, but also we just saw the Patriots diagnose the how to slow down the Steelers. Do you think the Steelers can be patient enough to run Jalen Samuels like that again? I hope so. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they got that patience in yeah, them. I know. I really am not sure. Mm-hmm. I picked the Saints. They weren't even patient enough last week. No. I picked the Saints to win this game 27 to 20. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because I did what you did. I went, I could see the Steelers winning this game, so six points are crazy. Mm-hmm. But there's something. I went back and looked at all the Steelers games in the Dome, and a lot of them are super underwhelming. Like, it's really weird. Like, they, they just don't score a lot of points. I went back like eight years, and they just don't score a lot of points. Right. So I think that the atmosphere is going to be crazy. I think Drew Brees and this team, when I look at that Panthers game, they could have won that game by 14, 21 points. I started to see a little bit more signs, and I love the way the Saints' defense is clicking right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get a lot of pressure, but if there's one team that I think is going to make more mistakes, it's going to be the Steelers. You wrote in your notes, Sean Payton needs needs to go and find more plays to take shots. Yeah. And I think this is the team to do it against. Yeah, it could be. Because I think the Steelers, we saw what happened with Artie Burns when he kind of... I think that Sean Payton's going to go in his bag and he's going to go, let's take the big shots. But I have the Saints covering, but I'm only putting 50, and now I'm definitely rooting on the Saints. It's an interesting game. I mean, it really is. I, You know, the thing I'm going to be interested in more than anything is the Saints haven't played a good offense since the Rams. They really haven't played a good offense since then. I mean, I'm not going to say the Cowboys are good. They have one area that's really good. So that's where it's – I'm really interested. It's almost like a litmus test. A litmus, yeah. litmus, litmus. You were litmus. right, litmus. litmus. Yeah, to see 
where that defense really is. That's what I'm. I mean, I'm really intrigued to see uh, when, on Sunday when Chris Boswell misses two field goals. <laughs> how are you going to feel? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. All right, guys, moving on now. Sunday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs on the road visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Spread in this game is KC minus two and a half, Chris. All right, so really quick, just to go into your notes on this game. Yeah. It's very interesting that one of his notes about what the Chiefs face in the Chargers was that the Chargers pretty much played the entire time a base Seattle scheme. Yeah. Like they played the Seattle scheme the until whole the game, very almost. end right. until they switched it up. Right. How much of an advantage is that for the Chiefs? Or do you think maybe it's not because the Seahawks haven't really been running just that scheme the entire year? Yeah, I mean, the Chief, the the Seahawks, this is what they are. They run that scheme on first and second down, and then on third down they get really creative, Seattle. That's one of their change-ups this year is they do do different stuff on third down situations where that's encouraging. And they're tough on third down to figure out what they're doing, who's blitzing, who's covering what, so they can be very creative that way. I don't know if I feel any better about Kansas City's chances against the defense because there was no adjustment made. And again, they the just fa- ran their offense. They ran they run plays. That I don't think there was any difference from really what they did against the Jacksonville Jaguars and that scheme, which is the same scheme we're all talking about. And they didn't do great. No. I mean, it's a little misleading, that score. Chris Jones, touchdown. Right. We've gone over all of that, right? So, yes, again, it is about just Kansas City. They kind of just run their offense. That's what they do. They're not like game-planning special plays to go, oh, let's screw this. surprising. It is. It's a little annoying. I like agree. the fact that we didn't see one Seattle beater last week in the Chargers game, when then I watch the 49ers and like, like every time they drop back to pass, it's a Seattle beater. I wanted to be like, Dave, can I play quarterback for that team? I mean, holy crap. I mean, just throw to a wide open guy, throw to another wide open yeah. guy, throw to a screen wide open. I mean, it was unbelievable. They don't do that. And the Seahawks defense, um, it's it's not the best defense in football, but they're a different unit at home. Oh yeah, and it's uh, again an, un, an environment that is unlike any other when you go and play there. And I can't even imagine what it's like at nighttime. I did a nighttime preseason game, and I thought, whoa, this place is crazy in preseason. So they're going to be ready to go on the other side of the ball. This is where it's interesting to me. You know, the Seahawks still an underwhelming pass offense. Okay. It's still same old bull crap. I've been yep. complaining about it. It's, it's Russell. Please you, save You us. wrote down in your Seattle notes. Yeah. You wrote the Chiefs should feel very comfortable playing man against the Seahawks. I think they can. Which is really what they want to do. Yes, it is what they want to do. And I think, yeah, this is a game they can get away with it. Where they couldn't get away with it against the Chargers last week because there's just too many mismatches along the lines. You know, and the scheme is good with the Chargers. Right. Hey, Baldwin and Lockwood are really good. Don't get me wrong. They're not superstars, but they're really good. Sure. But Baldwin looked healthy, healthy. He did look healthy, healthy. Um, but I don't think they're a superstar enough to where Kansas City's going to go, we can play man on them every now and then. Yes. And because the scheme's not crazy, they're not going to be worried about some crazy play where they're going to be totally outmatched if they're man-to-man. Yeah. It's kind of basic that way. The game comes down to you know Seattle's run game. Can they be effective there? Chris Carson's a baller. Chris Carson's a baller. I mean, he just runs so hard. Um, and really, the Chiefs' ability to contain Russell Wilson a little bit, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be run the ball, Chief's going to try to put extra people in the box. Yep. It's going to be, does Wilson hit the one-on-one shots? Yeah, does does Wilson shot scramble on the outside right. and get another shot? That's really how I see the game unveiling more than not. 
I'm going $10 on the Seattle Seahawks. What's your score? And I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks to win this football wow. game. Wow. 30 to 27. Yes, I know. And my heart wanted to pick the Chiefs. Let me it just really tell you, did. a 30 to 27 game between the Chiefs and Seahawks sounds so much fun. Yeah. Because it's going to be two quarterbacks that really get out there and do it. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to the Seahawks running game. Can Chris Carson just take them down? On Can they do what Baltimore did and just pound and pound and pound and pound? Right. And will they stay with it? We know they will because yeah. they're obsessed with running can the ball. Can Seattle out Baltimore, Kansas City in Seattle? In Seattle. <laughs> that's, that's what this comes down to. It really so does. It that's how I break down again. Yeah, I like it. But I think that Patrick Mahomes, having just seen the Seattle scheme, I think that coming off of a loss – I have the Chiefs winning this game 23-20, to 20, and I'm putting $50 on the Chiefs. <laughs> he just got shot in the head. Uh, you put 5th, 10? 10. Yeah, I, I think I picked the Chiefs because I want them to win this game. I know I did as I was looking at it, and I said, hold on, Johnny, unrealisticness. Let's go back to reality, and that's just a tough place to play. I, I, oh, and I'll tell you what. Watching Michael Dixon, who's going to the Pro Bowl, Pin San Francisco deep. Yeah, it's repeatedly. Unreal. Right. Like every time I looked up, they're inside the five. The yeah. difference is Kyle had all the plays to not just get out of the end zone. Yeah. We're going to go 30 yards down the field in like the first two plays. Exactly. And I look at Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be all on him. But man, it really is incredible when you look at Patrick Mahomes this season and you think about the big games they had. At the Steelers, second week of the year, drops 42 points. At Denver, week four, 27 points, left-handed, doing whatever he needs. At the Patriots, what do you mean? 40 points, not even an issue. At the Rams, 51 points. At home against the Ravens and Chargers, wasn't really his fault. They scored 55 points in those two games. I have no fear that Mahomes is going to have a dud. I really don't. And I don't think the Seahawks have faced a guy like this all year. I don't think any team has. Like Phillip Rivers faced at that beginning of the game when Mahomes rolled out right and threw the touchdown you wrote in your notes was absolutely incredible. And you still don't know if he was trying to throw to Tyreek Hill there or the guy that actually caught the touchdown in Robinson. But I I have the utmost faith that Patrick well, I saw Rodgers get out of the pocket on the Seahawks and throw some bombs, right? So, right. yeah, you could certainly see it happening. It's it's just going to come down to do the Seahawks, when they get into the red zone, finish with touchdowns. Sure. Because they are a team that has look, – look at the Vikings game. Beautiful drives that just fall apart at the end. Yeah. I know. They they are a team that unless they get the locket bomb, I don't know if they finish in the red zone. They're kind of the, yeah, you're very right. I mean they're they're it's big gonna be lob balls to more. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys, last game of the week here. Denver at Oakland Chiefs. on Monday night football. Spread in this game is Denver minus two and a half, Chris. Okay. Um at Oakland in the black hole. Broncos defense. You know the Broncos' defense is respectable. There's no denying that. I mean, there's there's a lot the of things there. From Shane Ray and and uh, yeah, I don't know what he thinks is disrespectful about being told you're going to be inactive in the middle of the week. That's completely respectful. But I guess he didn't. He believed he was better than the guys that were playing. Yeah. And also Chris Harris out. Chris Harris out right. on IR. Yep. So yeah, I mean Shane Ray, it's over in Denver. He's moving on. That's just the way it is. And yeah, it's been he's been an underwhelming. What was he a top twelve, top ten pick right in that no, range? No, he fell because of the marijuana. Oh, that's right. He ended up he in, fell the 20s. in the twenties. You're right. And we went. This is the reason why Denver's amazing. Yeah, pick twenty three. Twenty three was it? Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess I still look at you know the Oakland offense. 
there's just not a lot there. I mean, Derek Carr is under pressure a lot. I have a hard time thinking, even with Chris Harris out, I don't really care that they're going to be consistently open in the pass game. You know, can they run the ball will be really the big thing in the game altogether. Um, the Raiders have been so hit or miss in the run game, and really the Broncos have been to a degree too. Uh, teams have been able to find little ways to finagle run plays off of them uh, throughout the year. If there's a creative guy on that side of the ball that can kind of figure out, okay, this is what they do. Oh, they do this. Kyle did it to them the week before. We saw Jeremy Bates early in the year. There was a few other games too. Gurley and the Rams, all of that. But I still have a hard time thinking that the Raiders can protect, the Raiders can run the ball consistently. I flip it over to the other side of the ball. I mean, I don't think a whole lot of this Denver offense uh, I, of course, think a lot of Philip Lindsay, and I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks a few plays is okay. really how I look at it. You know, the, the, the Raiders' defense, they play hard. They're pretty well coached. There's just not enough playmakers there on that side of the ball. And I think because of that, I go $10 on the Denver Broncos, but I think it's a close game. <laughs> I do. I'm going 23-20. Broncos win. I believe that this is the nail in the coffin of Vance Joseph. I believe this is part of the rallying cry of John Gruden at home. I think that the Derek Carr passing game somehow gets going without Chris Harris on the field. Yep. Um, I know that Von Miller should get two and a half, three sacks just on the tackles of this Oakland team alone. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, I believe that the Raiders get it going and they win this game 26 to 24. And I actually bet a hundred dollars on the Oakland Raiders. Whoa, which is insane. that's crazy. The main reason is Denver the last few weeks has been so deflating that I, I, I look at this offense Case Keenum is a risky guy, and he does not have the weapons to take the risks anymore. No, he's not even he, – I feel like they've handcuffed him, really. Right. So the Cleveland game, for, for Vance Joseph to be down four points and to kick a field goal with four minutes left, right. he should not have been the coach after that game. You I, can't – like, that's I mean, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They lose at San Francisco. They come back and lose at Cleveland. I think it all falls apart here in Oakland. Fars apart. Fars apart in Oakland. It all falls apart here. It all falls apart in Oakland. <laughs> but uh, so happy that they're keeping Wit and Boog and Tess uh, back together for another year. Good to have those guys. Quality. All right. So that wraps up the Week 16 Pick Show. I don't like when you let me be on that limb by myself. Before we get to your locks. We agreed on eight. It was eight and eight. And we disagreed on eight. So good. But really, it comes down to those two games. Disagreements this week. uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Chris, you're going with Cleveland. Lefko, you have the Bengals. uh, Buffalo, New England. Sims, you are going Buffalo plus 13. Lefko going New England minus 13. Awesome. Green Bay at the Jets. Chris, you are going Green Bay plus two and a half. Lefko going New York minus two and a half. Giants at the Colts. Chris, you have Indy minus nine and a half. Lefko, you have the Giants plus nine and a half. Uh, And then the last four games of the week you all disagree on. So Chicago at San Francisco. Chris going Chicago minus four. Lefko, San Francisco plus four. That's a bad one. Pittsburgh at New Orleans. Chris going Pittsburgh plus six. Lefko has New Orleans minus six. Sims taking three of the four road teams. Sunday night football. Chris has Seattle plus two and a half. Lefko has KC minus two and a half. And then Monday night football. Chris has Denver minus two and a half. Lefko has Oakland plus two and a half. Mm. Two big bets of the week. Sims has 730 bleacher bucks on the Ravens. 
and 730 bleacher bucks on the Steelers. I like that your big money, though, is on teams to cover the spread. Yeah. Teams that are the underdogs. Right. Because I feel like you're a lot better at that than when you put all your money on a team that's favored by, like, let's say, 11. And Lefko, your big bet of the week is Dallas minus 7 for 250. You also have the Dolphins minus 4 for 200, which... Good luck with that. I mean, betting's crazy. Uh, we have others that we agree on where I'm going to disagree now, though. Because I have like every ten dollars on, and yes. you've got one hundred and fifty on some of the we agree there, on, and look, I'm going to root against my. You pick. can make this gap up yeah. this week. Yeah, you can eat if you go fourteen sixty on those two, which was your SAT score, if I remember right. It was exactly. Then, then you go fourteen sixty, and I lose. I mean, you could definitely cover some ground. Yeah, I know. This Who are you locking week. this week? Well, now that I have to think about it, damn. Um, I'm, I am liking Dallas minus seven. I, this is the bullshit. I can't lock Baltimore, which is so annoying. Why can't you lock Baltimore? Because it's a Saturday, Saturday game. Night, yeah. and I, well, I, well, I mean, you're Adam Lefko, your lead host at Bleacher Report. Who is making these rules? It comes out. It's a Sunday morning video. Oh, gosh. I'm going to lock Miami minus four. Thumbs up, likes. I'm going to lock Miami minus four. Um, dude, I have no idea. I'm not confident in any of this. All right. Well, in that case, we got one thing left to do. That means you're good. Because usually when you say that and then I'm confident, it usually means you run away with well, it. Well, so many of the games I'm confident Sims isn't confident in, which is just rough. I don't know. Who, All don't right. Listen to me. It is time. We don't know the theme of guaranteed to lose Sims. Oh, You're screwed. <laughs> the dumb Sims take me. To Tennessee. Oh, it's a Christmas season and the Redskins are gonna lose. Yeah. I guarantee it. Have you seen your quarterback? It's Christmas. You lose. Hey. Sorry. Merry Christmas, Titans. You get the Redskins. They're not even good on offense. And their quarterback is Josh Johnson. There's a list that's naughty or nice. I checked it once and I checked it twice. So go and get all the boys and girls and take a trip to Jerry's World. That's right. You're a buck. You're on the naughty list. You're a buccaneer. You steal and have a sword and you're missing an eye. You got an eye patch. Sure are. You can't win at Christmas against a bunch of cowboys. Sorry, Tampa. You're going to lose. Merry Christmas, You can though. come, but you got to go because you are from Buffalo. Oh, and that's right. It's New England, and they don't give away Christmas gifts. Sorry, Buffalo. The evil Lord of Belichick will ruin the Christmas spirit. Mm. Buffalo loses. What is that? Overhead. It's not Superman. He's close to dead. His shoulder's not working, and he's on IR. Right. Everyone knows it can produce a scar, but Atlanta is not that safe, and I don't know what you're going to pick. So why don't you say it, and I'm going to stop trying to rhyme because I can't think of it. That was really good. You're wasting time. But I was going to pick Carolina to win the game, and then I found out Cam Newton's out, and that's a shame because now you're going to lose. I don't know who your backup quarterback is, but you're just going to lose. I'm sorry, Carolina. You're losing to Atlanta, and I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. And I'm guaranteeing it. What's wrong with me? It was going west, and I know these teams, and I know them the best. And there's one thing that I really know for sure. Is that guaranteed to lose? Oh, your cure. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yes, Arizona, you're going to lose. Sorry, it's Christmas. And my mom, Mama Luca, Boo Boo Day, Dee Dee, Dirty Diana Sims, says you're going to lose along with Sharon Lefko and her Hanukkah holiday giving. It's a Christmas Hanukkah disaster for the Arizona Cardinals. Don't you lose. forget Phil and Bruce, and that has been guaranteed to lose. <laughs>
<laughs> well done, guys. Well uh, done. Man, I Your rhyming is amazing. I don't know who to pick. Your rhyming Well, you know what? Amazing. Some would say it's Lyrical Lemonade. Oh. You don't even know who they are. I asked you about what videos they make, and you're like, oh, I'll tell you after. No, it's, it's, you're not going to know any of them. I'm not going to know any of the songs no, or anything? Not a single one. Really? Yeah, I'm feeling I mean, like not one group that I would know? Nope. You don't do YouTube. You don't do any of that. YouTube music video culture? I don't think yeah, you right. don't do Instagram. So what do you, I mean, these are, they make videos for, like, underwhelming rap groups? I mean, what is this? I don't even get this. <laughs> I would say it's up and coming. Up and coming. Okay. Yeah. It hasn't hit the radio yet, so when you're in the car driving around, you're not going to hear do it. Do you know any of them? No. Okay. But I know what this is. Right. I just don't know the actual rapper. The one gotcha. thing you'll appreciate is the start of all their music video starts with a, a lighter being flicked. So little Wayne. Daddy them. cigars. So it little is very Wayne. little Wayne. All right, let's wrap right. this podcast up. For Sims. Peace out, homie. For Fendrick. Good evening. And this is my last Picks podcast of the regular season. I'm not here next week. Oh, so I'll see you guys yeah, in 2019. Yeah, yeah, Where are you going? Going to Argentina. Whoa. Whoa. So, no, I'll see you guys on New Year's so, Eve. I'll see you guys on New Year's Eve. See us so on I New will Year's see Eve? you in 2018. Okay, mm-hmm. good. We'll see you 2018. Have fun in Argentina. Day. Thank you. I appreciate that. Say hi to Lionel Messi for me. I will. If I see him, I will send my regards, yes. and I will tell him that he would have no shot to play on the American roster if we let our football players play. Thank you. That's I'll what I wanted to hear. That's I'll right. let him know. He can't mess with Tyree Kill. Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> I will let him know. And for the LEF, KOE. Man. We will holler at you guys. I hope uh, that these playoff races get super spicy for week 17. It should be good. We'll holler at you later. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. Peace.